Brand new podcast, everybody. And watch this. I'm going to keep my reads to a bare minimum. What were you saying, though, Leanne? You've got a good podcast coming out Thursday? Yeah, well, it's not coming out this Thursday. You're so recording it Thursday? We're recording the it The mom's Thursday. one is fucking aggressive. Yeah. Listen, if you have issues with your mom, or your girlfriend or your wife has issues with her, your mom, or your husband or your fiance or your boyfriend has issues with your mom, this might be worth a listen. Oh, thanks, babe. I, I, I'm, I'm saying that because my buddy Eric Rusin, who you know his uh, wife Lynn, I make fun of in my special. If you don't know that, you will know that. She opens up hardcore about her mom, and and as does Sam, and as does Leanne, and it really is revealing. And I think I know that people have said this to me, but they had issues with their moms, and it's that's you know I, I don't listen to all Leanne's podcasts. I listened to the sex one. I loved it. I listened to the mom's <laughs> one. I'm gonna did. definitely listen to the dad's one. The dad's next week. Everyone's saying they love the, the time management. Thank you, everyone, for saying how much they love my wife's podcast at my shows. It does mean a lot to me. Aww. She is very fulfilled, and she is doing. She's having a blast, and I will say that. And the reason I wanted to talk about this very quickly is if you want to start a podcast, just do it. Don't don't think, what if I don't get any downloads? What if no one listens? What if I can't sell merch? What if I can't get advertising? I did this podcast for four years for no money. Right, you did. And I loved it. I and loved it. And you know, I, we get a lot of inquiries about equipment and stuff. There's an app called Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, Anchor, that allows you to record a podcast on your phone and then release it through that app. So it's pretty simple. I mean, I think they've gotten it down to a very basic, simple. I mean, Anchor's not a sponsor of this They're, podcast, but. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And so if you want to do it, do it. That I just Yeah, just do it. I just wanted to say I'm excited for the, what's the one Thursday is going to be about? The one I'm recording on Thursday. Yeah. I have a really good friend who is a therapist oh. who works with addiction. And then Kathy Fromkin worked with, um. Uh, she worked in homeless shelters. She was a social worker and worked in homeless shelters that, uh, and all, what she did was deal with drug addicted teenagers in homeless shelters. So I'm going to talk to these two ladies about addiction, particularly Amy, who is a a doctor yeah. uh, and deals with addiction. So I've been trying to get her on the podcast since I started it and she finally has time. Well, I just want to so. say, uh, I just wanted to say that up front. I'm trying to keep my reads because I, I listened to the Kevin Brennan one I did in the car with uh, Frank driving to Tempe past, this past weekend. Thank you, everyone, for coming out to the Tempe shows. They were amazing. And getting through to my ads, because I already knew the ads, was fairly aggressive. Was so I, it? it? Yes. And I will apologize for that. <laughs> I would like to keep my ads down to a tight... Um, what, what do you think you should do per ad because sometimes you have like five ads so realistically ideally like I, I, all they minutes. really want contractually is a minute contractually that's what they want but but, but i think the people want, for a, the people want to hear they want to see an ad that's <laughs> slidden in naturally they don't want to feel like they're getting an ad read to them right they want an ad that is part of your life that 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 has changed your life for the better like if, if hypothetically saying this podcast is brought to you by blue apron if i was gonna say that right now mm -hmm. then i would mention how we were in a meeting yesterday at uta and they were talking about blue apron and we were saying we would do these reads for free this is such a great if they weren't a sponsor of this podcast we would 
by Blue Apron because it's brought our family closer. Our family eats together. Their mission is to bring great cooking into your house. They have a team of culinary chefs. They've got three different programs you can sign up for. It's easy. In under 10 minutes, can you cook a meal? It's it's or in under 45 minutes, can you cook a meal? And it's cheap and, and expensive and under $10 per person in the varieties through the roof. If you do the two-person meal plan, you choose from eight new recipes per week to receive either two or three new recipes any week. We're on the family meal plan. Do you know what that is, Leanne? Yes. It serves four people, and you choose from four new recipes per week, and and either two, three, or four recipes any week. And we also use the wine meal plan, which I'm looking forward to tonight because I, I'm have, I'm gonna have a little cocktail, and then I'm gonna get ready for my triathlon. I'm gonna tell you about that in a matter of seconds, everybody. Six bottles of wine from renowned winemakers delivered monthly. Uh, like I said, high quality, flexible, convenient. That's all I, I need to tell you. A family that eats together stays together. I will say this. This is not Blue Apron approved, but I think we are closer with our daughters and we run risk, less of risk of them being drug addicted sluts because we're having dinner together and we're talking. And that is my pitch to you. From our family to yours, I'm being dead serious on my when I say this on my heart. Us eating together is one of my favorite things we do in this family. I'll ask Amy uh, Thursday if if eating together prevents drug addiction. <laughs> They've got new ones, the pork chorizo tacos with radishes, roasted po- potatoes, and cotija ca- cheese. Cojita. Cojita cheese is Cotija. fucking auction. Sorry. <laughs> Salmon and spicy orange salsa with quinoa and carrot salad. Their burgers are always Amazing. through the fucking They're roof. stupid good. On the May month monthly recipe list is white cheddar cheeseburgers oh. with balsamic glazed Shut onions up. and roasted potatoes. Oh, I can't wait. So when you roast a potato, you eat a lot less of them quantity-wise. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is my theory. Oh. Like, as opposed to if you have fries, <laughs> you just start shoving them in your face. But roasted potatoes, I'm fairly conservative with. Are you I? Unless we not forget their creamy pesto, cavaliti, and mushroom and spicy breadcrumbs. Yum. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash burtcast. So you heard me right now. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. 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 That's awesome. That is a good family starter kit at blueapen.com slash birdcast. If you're single, (laughs) get the family ones and have leftovers. The meals are always fantastic. And it's a great way to keep your budget eating wise at a a bare minimum. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free at blueapen.com slash birdcast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook that was still a five minute fucking read but five minutes is better than 20 but i love belaboring and i'm not gonna go short on those guys no yeah totally i am training for a triathlon everybody uh i will be running the triathlon i think the first week of august uh you will you can track my triathlon (laughs) training on my instagram tomorrow morning i'm running five miles to the pool and I'm swimming. What I'm pool? See, I'm not going to tell everyone here, oh, man. Sorry. That'd be a really bad idea. <laughs> sorry. Uh, and I'm going to see if I can run half, swim half a mile. You just swim in our pool, like stroke, stroke, yeah, turn. Yeah, I get so dizzy. Stroke, stroke, turn. Um, stroke, and then based stroke, on that, I will judge whether or not I'm going to do the Olympic triathlon or the sprint triathlon. Part of me wants to Wait, do Wait, what's the difference? A sprint triathlon is a half a mile swim, uh, like a 12 mile bike ride. 
and a three-mile jog, which, by the way... Wait, is, that sounds really doable. Why is it a sprint? Because you're supposed to sprint all of it? No, it's, it's meant for speed. The people are doing the, doing the, like, 10 minutes in the water, which is a pretty quick, you know, swim, 10 uh-huh. minutes. Uh, they're doing... The the pros are finishing it in about an hour, under an hour. What? Yeah, that's uh, it. Seems like a long time, and then no, that seems really fast. To yeah, do yeah. All that in one hour? For me, I think I'd probably fucking go for two hours, but still two hours of doing anything. It's not like a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Half marathons. Well, half marathons probably do that. But I'm gonna see if I'm gonna I'm gonna see my I'm gonna test out my my stamina in the pool that's the most important part of this race uh-huh. for me and see where i'm at and if i'm if I, if I can swim the half mile tomorrow then i'm going to try to do an olympic marathon which is the real a, one? a mile swim a oh, 22 God. mile bike ride or maybe a 25 mile bike ride and a six mile run you're crazy hey who provides the bike uh Cast. <laughs> like if you're going to not not locally, how do you get your bike there? There's a package shipping thing, but I'm going to be the one a I'm doing. Shipping thing. Yeah, yeah. You can pack a bike. It's really easy. But the one I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. is going to be local. Oh, okay. I mean, everyone can pretty pretty much figure out which the name of my uh, triathlon is, and I'll tell everyone once I'm registered into it and it's locked in. Right. But uh, we'll is be. Is the one you're doing the sprint one? I don't know. I, I'm going to see how I swim tomorrow is morning. Is the local one the sprint one? There's the local one, sprint and oh, Olympic and the the hard one. Is Darren doing it with you? No. So we're all doing the Malibu triathlon. You and Darren? Yeah, but this one's earlier. So I'm going to do. I'm going to see how I like it. Okay. I'm going through a midlife crisis. I think I'm really think, looking yeah, for a maybe. hobby. And I think I, yeah, maybe. And I'm look. I'm looking for a hobby, and I'm looking for something to keep me interested and <clears throat> keep me driven and uh, sober. And sober, yeah. And so I, I told it to Ari, and Ari's like, I think I could do that. And so, like, I don't know. I, but I just, I'm doing them for myself. I'm not doing them as a challenge. I'm totally. doing them for myself. I think it's great. I, I, and so, uh, so yeah, I'll keep you, keep you guys posted. You can follow me on Instagram and find those things. Tour dates, I'm in Liberty Township this weekend. There are tickets available Friday. There are t- tickets available Sunday. Saturday's sold out. Um, we may add a second Sunday show, but I would not count on it. I do not like two shows on Sunday. They kind of kill me. Um, big announcements coming up that I can't talk about. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but if you're a radio fan, listen to your radio station this week. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what all is I it? can say. That's all I can say. Um, I'm taking three know. weeks off training for the triathlon straight. No booze except. Wait, you're taking weekends. three weeks off? Yeah. Yeah. I've got three weeks off back to back to back. And then I'm in Stardome in Alabama. The 14th, 15th, and 16th, I'm then in, oh shit, that date's coming up. When are, when do you have three weeks off? In When we go to Mammoth, and then a week off, and then when oh. we go to the Carnival Cruise. Oh. And then I just go back to the Stardome, the 14th, 15th, 16th. Uh, Buffalo, me, Nate Bargazzi, we will, they will be on the podcast coming up. We've got some great podcasts locked and loaded. Rob Riggle is absolutely fantastic. Um... I got Eddie Bravo and Sam Tripoli coming up. Tate Fletcher and I are trying to connect and podcast. Brendan Schaub uh, is coming up. That is not recorded yet, but he's coming in this Thursday. We're going to bullshit. And then and then Nate Bargatze, Kyle Kinane, and Sal Vacano and I will be doing a podcast. And we'll be promoting this date in Buffalo at Shays something or other. Shays Buffalo Theater. Then the next night on the 22nd of June, Chicago Theater. That show is 
play, put in my calendar completely incorrect. It is. And then the next day, we're at Fox Theater in Detroit. Get your tickets. Those are all going to sell out, okay? So Buffalo, then Chicago, then Detroit. The 21st, 22nd, 23rd, DVE Comedy Festival. I'll be doing a live broadcast on the 30th. I think I know how I'm going to do that. I think I'm excited. So get ready. And then I'm taking some time off. And I'm in Cleveland on the 19th and 20th of July. I wonder what I'll do on the 21st. I wonder why I'm not doing a Saturday. Houston Improv, the second. You have something second. else going on the 21st. Oh, sorry. Houston Improv, the fucking, you are horrible. Well, how am I supposed to read your Houston mind or something? Houston Improv, the fucking second, third, and fourth. And then I'm doing my triathlon. Is August. that the secret date? No, you are a nightmare. <laughs> That's 15-minute intro, and I do not want to keep you here all day listening to the intros. Um, today's podcast. Wait, who's today's podcast? Oh, is it really? Oh, today's podcast. Uh, they are the seminal podcast. They are the one of the originators of the art form. They have been here. They are OGs in the game. They were just on an episode of Something's Burning, but they, more importantly, in New York, they are the go-to podcast to do. You got Guys We Fucked, Two Dope Queens, Bodega Boys, and Keith and the Girl. Those are the, the four. By the way, I also like Come Town. Uh, I like those kids. I think last podcast on the left is out of New York. I'm not certain. That's a really good podcast that I just listened to. There's a lot of great podcasts in New York. Legion of Skanks. Oh my God, I can hear Lewis losing his fucking mind right now. Legion of Skanks. The SDR show. The Bonfire. Nikki Glaze has got a new show. Look, there's a lot of great entertainment in New York. But these guys are the ones that all my friends have done, all my friends do, and they are just an awesome podcast. Um, it's the podcast is called Keith and the Girl. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from Keith and the Girl, Keith and Chemda. Ooh, I said it right. This is the Okay, if here, grab a seat right here by this one. Are you rolling? All right, cool. I just start. I like I like the funness of like. Uh, I don't know. You guys are OG podcasters. So like my favorite part of podcasting was the um, brokenness of it. Mm-hmm. Like in the early, like your podcast is pretty produced, but like the like you didn't know if they were starting or not. And you'd hear the guy off mic twice. Hey, where do you like old Maron was like, hey, where, what, you read that book? And right. you're like, you all of a sudden you're drawing a picture in your head of Marin's garage, you know? Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, totally. We we uh, we used to hear it a lot more. Um, we used to joke that people would leave their sound running and get the door for UPS and you'd hear the entire interaction and oh. they wouldn't cut it out. And just- my, One of my favorite parts of Rogan's old podcast, uh, like, is, is, I mean, the iteration where it was at his house was he had a landline and every now and then the landline would ring. <laughs> and I was like, get me that fucking number. I would love to call in <laughs> and just know I was the one that called in. <laughs> but we were talking before we walked in about other podcasts. I don't really, I, I have the ones I'm into and I'm very guest driven. So like if mm-hmm. a guest is on the podcast, I'm like, cool. So then they hit me up and they're like, Keith and the girl. I, anyone who knows anything about podcasts knows you guys. I mean, I, I say that across the board. You guys are first generation, I would say. Yeah. Like when people. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I remember where I was when I saw your podcast. I was in my apartment. This is before I had a house. My buddy Matt said, you should start a podcast. I just listened to Ricky Gervais's podcast. Mm-hmm. And I went, what's a podcast? And he pulled up and he went, he's like a tech guy. And he goes, oh, this is Keith and the Girl. They're really great. 
and I clicked on it and I started listening. And I was like, I was like, Dad, that's too professional. I'll never be able to make that. <laughs> like now I look back and I was like, oh, all I had to do was fucking get a couple of mics and upload it. <laughs> but what year did you guys start your podcast? 2005. It was 13 years ago. Jesus. Yeah, yeah we have almost 3,000 episodes because we record five days a week. You do five days a week? We put out five days a week, one hour every day. And now we have a, n- a new one that we started in January. So now we have a Saturday one called My Opening Line. I, I know everyone looks at us like that, but it's, you know, you know, it's so much fun. And I know that ours is a little more produced, but, um, it's produced, but it's still a podcast. It's still conversational. It's still what a podcast is. It's still like, we don't have anyone. And this is what we were drawn to, of course, in the beginning. And what I think everyone's drawn to, we don't have someone going, you can't talk to your guests like that. You can't bring up that question yeah. when rape is brought up, just change the subject. Like yeah. if you half bring up a story, even in a joke, like Keith will bring up pe- people's Twitters, like, Oh, it's seems like you have seasonal depression let's talk about that no i i became like so i started listening and obviously guest driven any of my friends that were on it like soder ari any of my friends on it i would listen to those and i was like oh this is great this is really different than anything we're collectively doing those think, guys are super fun too you know they're, they're, re- like, they're really fun yeah. but so then i said all right like i know nick really nick thune really well that was very recent mm-hmm. i think you did that like mm-hmm. last week yeah. so today on my jog I was like, I want to see how they interview Nick. And it was awesome. Thanks. Then I go, all right. I listen to Nick. I, I did a two-hour jog. And I go... Did you do uh, a two-hour jog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, we don't, don't even get into that. That's another <laughs> fucking... You know, we'll talk about that on your podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I listened to Jessica, Michelle, Jessica, Jessica, Michelle... Singleton? Singleton. <sighs> Crazy, right? Right? And I'm like... And then I'm like, I'm texting, I'm, I'm tweeting her questions. Like, where did you go to college? Like all this shit. And I'm like, oh, you guys do a much better job at inner. And then I'm in lunch with my wife and she's like, who's Keith and the girl? My wife just started a podcast. Okay. She started because she was looking for something to do. She wanted to be creative and it was a great outlet for her. And she feels fantastic about it. It makes her feel it's, it's everything that when you first started the podcast, you felt about yourself when you started going like, Hey, I got an email from Switzerland. Do you remember the early days? Oh my God. Crazy. So talk, I want to, so just in case there's someone who's going, Whoa, 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 Whoa. OGs and podcasts. Walk <laughs> me through the very beginning, the iteration of your podcast, the very, very first. Okay. So Keith was doing stand up, but he wasn't he wasn't doing it like everybody else was. He was only doing it once a week at this open mic that I frequented. I was singing. What was the pot? What was this place? Uh, surf reality. It was called. OK, this. Did- yeah. Upstairs. Yeah. 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 Did you go? Oh, I used to do surf reality. Oh, my God. 2005 was Faceboy running it. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so I ran into Faceboy filming a show and Faceboy. I was like, I was like, Faceboy. And he was like, I, by the way, I was just one of those guys that would go in do stand up once a week at uh, Surf Reality and Collective Unconscious right. yes. two places I love those spaces I met Brody Stevens at Collective Unconscious yeah so did I yeah I met uh, Barry Katz's ex-wife uh, Suzanne Susanna I forget her last name big redheaded lady mm-hmm. not big like but you know just very tall sure. I uh, met her at Collective Unconscious, Je- uh, Reverend Jen. I met Jeffrey Jeff Ross. He went he went by Jeff then Jeffrey then Jeff. Uh, at at the, I, I was on Comedy Central with him because I met him through Surf Reality. Wait, where, what did you do on Comedy Central? I sang for. He, I don't know if you remember. He had a song called uh, "He's Got a Little Penis." Yeah, and he would rap about his little penis. So wait, when did you start doing stand up? <laughs> uh, I was his. Ba- I sung about his balls. And- <laughs> 
I came to New York in '96 from, from where? From the country, close to Pittsburgh, but the country. Like really, yeah. his next door neighbors were farmers. I grew up in New York, so I'm like, yeah, look at have, him. He has such a distinct. New York throat on radio. Do you is know that, how that happened? He's huh. such a weirdo. Like, he's from the country. He should have a country accent, like, from the middle of Pennsylvania, Nowheresville. So he has that. You'll hear it a little bit because he has, like, this weird speech impediment. And then he listened to too many Dice recordings. Can I tell you? I thought it was Ron Bennington. Really? Because you have a yeah. real distinct... You have a great radio voice. Like, a great radio yes. voice. Meaning like, meaning like uh, you know, they'd say to you when you first came in, you got good chords. Right. But, but And I was like, you have a great way of snapping words, almost like a towel in a locker room, that make the sentence bite when it's an innocuous sentence. Like a towel in a locker room. <laughs> <laughs> it's Keith and the girl. Like a bully on someone's ass. <laughs> so wait, you came out to New York. What, when did you move out to come out to New York? 96. So wait, were you doing surf reality in like 2000? Yeah, that sounds right. I was doing it in 96, I think. I was doing it 97, 98, 99. Could we have known each other? Can I, I tell you, I really want to stop trying to connect dots because you would have just hated me. Like I was... I hated Keith when I first met him. I was the guy that was going up and I was doing the kind of material I would do right now today, but that was not... I was It was the wrong audience. And people hated me like they would be like people would come up and say hey man why don't you just do comedy clubs this, this isn't for you <laughs> and I'd be like I can't get up at comedy clubs and like there was no one we should was, describe surf reality to people if you don't know you missed out on an era am it was I right cool. by the way it was cool I was not accepted in either place in either oh. community I tried to make friends like and that just didn't happen because no, but because I was a little different I was a little different I was a frat boy and it's yeah. not a frat boy place. It's not. And Keith had a little bit of that vibe also. And he yeah. didn't. He didn't make as many friends as I did. I was. I was on the friendlier side. And I didn't. I wasn't doing comedy, so it was a little easier to navigate. Yeah. So yeah. describe surf reality. Surf reality. I. I. Oh my God. I'm. I'm not going to call it a mistake, but it's it's an interesting place to bring someone to. And one time I had a visitor from Israel and and I was like, well, this is what I do on Sunday nights. I go to surf reality. Sunday nights. And that mm -hmm. night, I mean, this is you literally. She the, sees death every day and was shocked at right. this place, right? Well, you, you literally get to do whatever you want for eight minutes as long as you don't set the place on fire. There's weed smoke in it. And this is, you know, back in the day, 20 years ago, you weren't allowed to smoke anything but weed in the space. Some people were doing heroin in the hall, but that's different. I'd bring a 40 in. Yeah, yeah. I bring a 40 yeah. in. That was Keith. Oh my God, you guys would have been best friends. Do you remember the guy? Hold on, not to interrupt. Do you remember the guy? I'm not a good interviewer like you guys. <laughs> Do you remember the guy that did stand up in a clan outfit? I didn't. I don't remember that there guy. There was a guy who came in and he had a clan outfit on. Had and he did stand up in a clan outfit. Oh By God. the way, this was, and I have to say this, one of the most creative, very funny dudes. I think he was a writer. He had a, I, I'm, I'm so specific about this. He had a bit about going to see his family in Japan and talking about the toilets in Japan. That was such a beautifully crafted bit. I remember being like, this guy's going to be a star. Mm -hmm. He also did stand up in a clan outfit. And all he talked about was his, his experience in New York of how he had to get, how he had to get a clan outfit dry cleaned. <laughs> and it was so, but that was what was went on there was yeah. just bizarreness. And yeah. let me be clear, this is back when we hated Nazis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So that right. was, he really was pushing yeah, it. This, yeah. When we weren't electing them. Yeah. <laughs> so keep going. So, okay, so you got to do anything you wanted. I, I would, you know, riff music and songs and I would just kind of make up uh, songs on the spot. I would sing, you know, Aretha Franklin or whatever. And, 
on this night that I brought my friend, this this woman who's like, I'm an artist, I'm gonna draw for you, and I have my period. And she got on her knees, and there was a canvas in front of her, and she pulled down her pants and her underwear. She stuck two fingers. You know, the fingers that you assume. She stuck them right in her vagina, pulled out blood. I want you to guess what she drew. I'm going to say... People uh, have guessed correctly before. I'm going to say a crucifix. Oh, okay. That's a good one. All right, that's a, that's What's a good What's the one? other thing? When yeah. it's never a crucifix. <laughs> when it's never a crucifix? <laughs> a heart? A, a penis. <laughs> Oh, she drew a penis? Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. Out of vagina blood, yeah. Well, um, vagina was a big thing, right? One woman uh, wanted to be a chicken and hatch an egg from her vagina, and then she forgot that it has to be hard-boiled. So it came out. It cracked before it came out, and I saw it like just kind of make its way. She had to go to the hospital that night, but... These guys were super pro. <laughs> she came back next week, boiled egg in her vajayjay, and did it right. And I believe that she got the set that she wanted. Who is the guy who was trying to relive Evil Knievel stunts and was doing bike <gasps> jumps? Hank. Hank Flynn. Yeah. Did a couple things with him. He's yeah, he's a super tall guy, and yeah. he would he would say, "Meet me on the Lower East Side. I'm gonna jump my bicycle <laughs> over a garbage can." <laughs> Dude, it was it was such a cool I, and then like it's so you know I came straight out of being a frat boy the num I, uh, I was the number one party animal yeah. in the country by Rolling Stone magazine and I and I'm talking about fraternities where the where the word faggot was thrown around so so callously mm -hmm. the n word was tossed around so callously growing not like growing up in Florida. Honestly, then, even 10 years ago, it, it's, it wasn't as, um, I mean, we understood that we were saying a swear word, yeah. but, it, but it, wasn't this, it wasn't segregated as a swear word like it is now. And, and, and I walked right into Surf Reality and my eyes were open. Sur my first show I went to was Stella. Do you remember Stella with Michael Showalter uh -huh. and Michael Ian Black and David Wayne? That was the first show I saw, and I saw Janine Groffalo on stage, and I was blown away. I was like, whoa. Second show, I saw, then I said to people, I hung out around there, ran into a guy named Jordan Rubin. He said, you got to go down to Surf Reality so you can get stage time. So I go down to Surf Reality that first Sunday. I don't, you got I don't, eight minutes. Isn't that crazy? Isn't yeah. that bizarre? Yeah, it is now. Uh, so my, the point I was going to say is I ran into Faceboy on the street. I was filming something for Travel Channel, and I recognized him. I was like, Faceboy. And by the way, he never knew who I was. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm, I started at Surf Reality. Like, I, hey, just thank you or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm shooting something, man. This is 2016, maybe 17. And, I, and he goes, That's not long ago. I'm shooting something. And I go, oh, cool. And he goes, hey, would you mind standing at the end of the street and calling me a faggot? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I actually mind, man. I was like, things have changed for me. I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and he was like, all right, see you later, and just walked away. <laughs> Becky Donahue, do you remember Becky Donahue? Oh, yeah. Becky Donahue, it's amazing the jokes you've, that you heard once right. that stick with you forever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the two jokes that I remember from Surf Reality and Collective Unconscious. Becky Donahue had a joke that said, um, Becky Donahue was Reverend Jen's n roommate. I didn't know that. No. Were they roommates at some point? I almost want to say 100%. Okay. I, what's Becky Donahue doing now? I don't know. We haven't talked to her in a long time. Becky Donahue said, did you ever, did you ever sleep on your feathered pillow or your down comforter and then... You, you get up and you got feathers on your clothes and you're walking in the street and you see the feathers and you're like, oh, 
I know what everyone's thinking. Look at her, chicken fucker. <laughs> that was the fucking joke. And then the other one was, uh, was um, there was a girl who married a guy. Now, the guy was a guy who didn't do stand-up, but he'd read out of a book that he wrote. The girl's really pretty, and the guy was really tall. They got divorced. They probably got married in 90... Bob Powers. In 97. And the girl was beautiful. Yes. She's from the Midwest. I'm and, forgetting her name. Bob Powers and someone. Uh-huh. And the girl's joke... I remember the girl's joke. Because I was like... I was like... This is before I think I the concept of women aren't funny ever was brought... I'd never heard people say that. I, I'd never heard people say that. Until I got into comedy. And her joke was... Uh, I'm from a small town. You know the kind of town that... When your sister has a problem, she just goes, oh, fuck it. I'll just get pregnant. <laughs> and, and I remember going like, oh, like that's cool that like, I don't know, really opened my mind. Sorry for that rant. By the way, everyone from Surf Reality, they just, they're like, dude, they talked about you on Bird's podcast. And they're like, they're like, fuck that guy. Uh, um, so you started out there and you were doing it once a week. Yes. And I, I liked it. I don't know if I had more of a stand up bug than that, but I, I like that. You like that? Yeah, so I saw him um, do stand-up, and I was, I was, I laughed at his joke, and then immediately was like, whoa, am I a bad person? Because I just laughed. It was very interesting to me to respond to his comedy, because it was, like you said, it was, you know, very um, together vibe, like a very hippie space, and he yeah. was talking about, you know, completely dismissing women on That on place dates. was woke before you were even rubbing your yeah. eyes. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, so, but I was like, I don't know, I, I really like that he's saying it, I really like the perspective, you know, all this stuff. I mean, I didn't even have those words to say that, I just went, I gotta talk to this guy and see what he's really like, and I, I spoke to him, we ended up hanging out, and we we started dating, and we did the podcast um, when we were still dating. And then one day we broke up. So we start back at the dating. Yeah. Why? You, you, start, <laughs> you start dating. How long did you date before you decided to do a podcast? Not long, like a year, maybe. Oh, something like that. Something like that. Now, who did, the, who, did the tech, who did the technological research to do a podcast? LOL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, went to, uh, you went to Radio Shack or that kind of thing, and you, you guessed what equipment you might need. And there was no podcasting. Like, okay, what, what, was out, what was out in 2005? Ricky Gervais? Not yet. No. Not yet? No. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, uh, it's got to be uh, the Podfather. What's his name? Mark Curry. Oh, uh, Adam Curry. Adam, Adam Curry. Curry was Mark Curry. I think is a black comic. Yeah, Adam Curry was, and he was busy stealing our show and putting his tags into it. Adam Curry really? pretended like he was the Podfather. He named himself the Podfather, but really he was trying to capitalize on little people like us at the time who were just trying to turn on mics and post and and be what podcasting really is. He was a big dirtball, and then we got our hands on one of the contracts that he was trying that he was giving to a bunch of popular podcasts at, at, at a time at that time and we read it and called out what was wrong with it because he was trying to own your show he, he was trying to take away what podcasting network. is yeah he, right he, he made it evil yeah mm-hmm. he was um, making it evil yeah. Jason Nash had guys with feelings do you remember that Jason, Na- Jason-, Jason Nash so Jason Nash is a really interesting story make it very quick Jason Nash was married to a big executive at Fox right he's a comic actor um, he's been on the show a couple of times he's you, awesome you know him right yeah yeah and then started a podcast Guys of Feelings way before podcasting like right around when you guys were doing it mm-hmm. I remember I had one daughter I, I had one daughter it was just when he got married and 
this was back when you could talk shit. You would talk shit for really about people <laughs> going, they'll never hear it. Right. And then they'd hear it and then they'd talk shit about you and you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, and it's then, like, first of all, why didn't you tell me you listen? Yeah. You're my sh- best friend. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, now you know you owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> this is all good news. And so, and so then he can't, then he stopped doing his podcast. Just it was like, ah, there's no payoff. And then he got into vlogging. And him and this guy, David Dubrovnik, now have a very popular podcast called Views. Mm -hmm. But he's now one of the top vloggers and he makes over a million dollars a year vlogging. So he's an interesting guy. He got a divorce, had like a second birth in his life. It's been a fucking interesting guy to follow. So you guys start very, very baseline. You're dating. And then how soon into the podcast do you guys break up? Uh, It it was deep into the podcast. It was... uh, Did you think about canceling, stopping? uh, We had to check in with each other... Ugh, it was do you know the answer? <laughs> I we debate we debated we debated about it without words. Well we, we were thinking like hey we were thinking it. And we, we had, mentioned it once, I think. We had to consider it. At some point, you know, well we broke up and like an hour later we we did a podcast anyway. It was the thing that kept us together for too long. We should have broken up a year or two before we broke up. Yeah. And the thing is, is for 23 hours, we were lukewarm about each other. And then for one hour, it was like, ah, you're so funny. You're so funny. You know, and we were Uh, having a blast and we have this really good connection on air. And then it would, the on air would turn off and we would kind of turn off. And then eventually we were just like, ugh, you're still here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Except when we were on air, it's like, oh shit, you're here. This is great. So it was very confusing. I think you know, and we we both admit we were like we were way over. Sometimes we think we shouldn't have dated at all, but at the end of the day, it was just a fun time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I I wish I had a partner in my podcast. Like I was just recently thinking, if I had a partner, I bet it would be better. Like my wife today was like, I was talking about talking to you guys, and she goes. Um, what questions do you have written out? And I said, none. <laughs> she goes, you should prepare for it. And I was like, why? She was like, that's how I do my podcast. I go, honey, I've been doing a podcast for a long time. <laughs> and then she's like, what questions do you have? And I was like, oh, has there ever been a guest that you had on where you could <laughs> tell that he already was turned on and you were like getting a little jealous, but you guys have been broken up for a while? Second question. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was one time where we weren't doing an official show, but sometimes we would just turn on um, the the mics and just kind of talk to our our listeners and have like a party a chat party yeah and we had we had a couple guests in the room just hanging out just friends and a friend of a friend was there and we were still dating at the time and she was heavy flirting with Keith really who's it? Who is it do I know her what do you mean really? no no it was just it was just a it guess. was like a, a a girl who grew up with a friend of ours it wasn't you know anyone yeah. in the industry or anything like that and I was like all right she you know I usually ignore that stuff because I'm like you're making a fool of yourself and also I mean go for it see what happens <laughs> I know where this goes <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> I don't give a shit but then anyway, she- Ashley Olsen by the way <laughs> <laughs> then I believe she sat on his lap and I was like, girl, you are so pathetic. Well, right they got to sit somewhere. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. All, these che- all these people in chairs already. Where do I sit? It was my fault for not being unique about the approach for where she should sit. Yeah, just be. <laughs> so now, and now she's like whispering in his ear. I mean, to hello. talk to me and not disturb other conversations. <laughs> I assume. And so all of a sudden, I'm just like, do you think 
that no one can see you and I just and and of course we're on and then everyone's like oh my god I thought Hamda was a nice person this is this is ridiculous you're sitting on my boyfriend's lap whispering in his ear as if I can't see you I can see you and she's like what are you talking about I'm like you're still gonna go with this line of of pretending because I we're, we're on air we're recording this everything is against you right now for your line of bullshit she just kept going with it but that was but Henda's cool that we're married now <laughs> that she and, yeah yeah at least they're they're gonna have the best babies wait who got divorced was that I, I got divorced yeah. from that girl no no no, <laughs> no from, <laughs> uh, from a different girl I totally cock blocked him from that sorry buddy <laughs> no what was how what are your rules like how like what to are be you with me you have to want to stay with me <laughs> that's my number one rule did you get divorced when you were sober or drinking uh, drinking really yeah but but with that said we I don't think we would have been together. It's not. I don't think drinking. You don't think the it couldn't have helped, it. but I don't think it. But how bad was your it. drinking? <laughs> <laughs> like, he was the second party animal next for real? to you. <laughs> uh, I enjoy, yeah, I enjoyed it for sure. Uh, I'm sure I was in like some denial about it ruining the next day. I just got too old where the hangovers aren't worth it. Why don't you tell him about when you shat on the couch at Mohegan's Sun? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so funny people tell me their bottoms always and i was like i have not been there that wasn't even his wait. bottom so you know wait. what kendall why don't you tell him about <laughs> but you shit on the couch at the mohegan kendall's fun? impotent <laughs> i'm hard right now bro <laughs> you want to see uh, we were uh kendall and i we were dating at the time and we went she was in charge of we would do adult and kids parties also and she for this one she was in charge of an adult party and in charge like of a, dancers. It was like a convention that they were doing and we were like hype dancers, you know? So I hired like 10 dancers, brought them to Mohegan Sun and we were, I'm going to MC with a DJ. You know, the, yeah, the yeah, like, yeah, 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 we're all having fun, everybody. Yeah, And so, I, she probably called me the camera person with an iPod, you know? I'm just trying to get what I would do is I, we would do kids parties and whatever party I would be like, oh, you want to hire three of my friends? And I'd make up jobs and be like, we can And you just this. really quickly produce a, ch- a kids party. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So kind of just dance around with everybody. I'm just uh, drinking. And then after that, I meet her brother was also there. And, you know. What's your brother's name? Uh, well, they they changed their names to Michael and Andrew, but they had unique names like me. Also. Oh, for real? Yeah. Because I'm because ever since the couch situation, they had to change their names. <laughs> they changed their names to Michael and Andrew. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what fucking? Why would they pick those? Because try saying Chemda all your life. Uh, by the way, I said it all day jogging because I was like, I'm not gonna fuck her name up. I'm so I'm so obsessed with with how racist I just look. Like just by being what I am, oh. you know, like it's, it's finish a shit story and then we'll go into this because I, there was something that happened last night online that I've been fucking obsessed with, but keep going. Okay. What? Okay. I'm so excited. What are yeah. you obsessed with? So, uh, I know I want to interrupt this conversation yeah. so many times. Okay, go. We drink, a, we're drinking a lot and then I go back to find, my, I'm terrible at directions as it is and, and I'm, I'm seeing triple, I can't find the hotel room. They won't tell me the hotel room in the front. So I go back looking again. I have to shit so bad, but I'm too drunk to think there must be an open public one downstairs. So I keep trying all these rooms, 230, 320, 013. And then I'm like, I got to take a shit. So in the lobby, 
in the you know floors like lobby area. by the elevators there's always a sitting it, yeah yeah like, yeah can look like a living room sometimes next to it because you're in a zhuzhi hotel or whatever so i i go all right i'm gonna take a shit on the couch and so I pulled my pants down, started taking a shit. And I'm like, this is so fucking crazy. And the shit knows it. It's playing turtle. And then when it does come out, before I was necessarily done, I'm like, what would happen if I get caught? This is insane. So I put my pants back on knowing I still have a little little left in there. And then I keep trying to find the room. And I go back down. And I go, you, you got to tell me what my room number is. I just don't, I just don't remember. And they go, well, I can't tell. 2.30. Like they smelled me and oh my shit God. got shit done and then I found then I found the room did they call you? I think they, they might have and I knew you were coming up you sounded super drunk he came up and I thought he was sick see I didn't understand alcoholism completely is and it alcoholism though? It's, if, it's if a, we keep doing it too much all the time yeah if he's drinking 40s every day like two of them where that's always in our recycling you know, if you want if to do I'm your, taking a shit, if I'm taking, he's a doing shit, his own math. Yeah. I took 40, a shit on a couch. Forties. I, I consider that a little healthy. I think if you take a shit on a couch, if you it, take a shit on a couch and you go and you don't go, huh? Wonder what the limit was. Yeah, there's. I think there is a. I think everyone's. I think it's interesting the way I find alcohol to and uh, and we're doing your podcast after this, correct? Yeah. So we'll talk about this. I'm sure on your podcast. Okay. But I think it's interesting what. People consider their limits and what, and the way alcohol affects people differently. Like, mm-hmm. it's so funny. I have, I know a guy uh, who just, if alcohol enters the system, he's a totally different person. And you go, well, then you should know immediately that, that not, that's not meant for you. If you'd like the person yeah. that you are sober. And then there's people, I think, you know, like myself who it actually doesn't change at all. It's just as a health thing. Like you go, I'm not being healthy. You know, I think that was kind of like, I mean, Keith has to speak to his own alcoholism, but he was a happy drunk. Everyone, everyone liked him that way. I would guess it would be so difficult for him to stop because like if I knew he was drunk because at two in the morning, we'd get a text going like, oh, I just heard our show. You're so funny. I'm like, yeah, drunk Keith, you know, (laughs) just like, oh, when you said that, that was funny. I'm like, yes, he's so nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're going through my wife's reading a book about narcissism right now Mm. and to, I mean, I just put on my Insta stories, but she said, um, she was like, I wanted to read this to you. And I, there's a chapter and it just has a B next to it. And I went, mm-hmm. are you highlighting sections for me? And she was like, well, yeah, why wouldn't I? I was like, wait, you're not reading this for you. You're reading it for me. She's like, well, I'm reading it for me because I live with you. And I went, I'm not a narcissist. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I definitely have hints of narcissism. I'm not like a, like a narcissist. I know what I, I've been around narcissists. But man, I got big fucking hints. Like I was going through it and I was like, oh, that definitely applies to me. Yeah. So, but uh, what? what I, I think I think you can have narcissistic tendencies, especially if you're a person who has a mic in front of them all the time, you know. Yeah. But I think there there is a difference between a full on narcissist. Is all your stuff named after you with your shirt off? <laughs> That's question number one. Is all my, say that a question again. I Everything wasn't that you make and create, is it your name and with your shirt off? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number two, see number one. <laughs> you before the show started, you were saying how you have horrible diarrhea. You don't, you don't know how because I've never met you before. I know no. how. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, it's from drinking so much. No. When's the last time you had a solid dump? Solid? Oh, it's like it's it's well. There's a lot of factors. Uh-huh. I have a I have an I have an addiction problem. Not even with 
booze but with food like really bad like really 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 bad when i shit i i do everything a little bit a little bit ag- obsessively and aggressively so like I, when i shit i say that i shit the same way a bouncer kicks drunks out of a bar at 2 a.m like as i sit down i go and it's happening now <laughs> and i push and it just goes poof, and it hits the wall and that's how i shit i don't ever go like like my wife sits down like let and just goes you don't see her face doesn't change <laughs> right. or anything she just lets it come out of her body how do you shit uh, standing up you do not shit standing up <laughs> i know i shit all right there's uh, i mean when i was drinking it was it was nasty shits and yeah uh, yeah so it's, but, well, okay what's your diet like it's not i can have more salad but now but obviously stopping drinking my hot shits sauce are nice better uh, hot sauce better i'm not a hot sauce guy I okay can. that's another one of my problems mm. i cannot not put but what do i feel like peppers. you'd be on your seventh tequila going i gotta watch out for hot sauce <laughs> yeah that's sriracha yeah, yeah. i did have sriracha last week i wonder if that's kicking up now. no but that'll that'll kill you there are some times where i i ate indian food or thai food that was so bad i was already like will this be worth it tomorrow <laughs> oh I, I i do this to myself i had to so like i had like when i wrote did my last special i wrote notes to myself throughout the month leading up of things that i know have happened to me on stage that ruin a set that are not things that you'd think would ruin a set mm-hmm. for instance eating popcorn the day of your show so like if you eat popcorn during the day's show sometimes on stage you'll find a kernel in your tooth and you'll spend the whole show going like this right just trying to get it out so i was like no popcorn day of show um i take my shirt off on stage obviously so i was like uh, make sure your uh make sure your chain that the clasp is in the back because sometimes the clasp will be on the side and then the cross is on the side of my chest and it just distracts everybody. Right. Make sure there's no lint in your belly button. Make sure your belt loop is your belt buckles in the center because it's just little things that I go, these are all the things. One of them was don't have hot sauce the day of your show because despite me doing stand up for 20 fucking years, just last week in fucking Salt Lake City, I do... I, I do the fucking Buffalo Wild Wings challenge the morning of the show and I'm like and I know that it's going to ruin my show I know that I'll be on stage feeling really sick but I can't help it I really I just I it's I can't it's like impulse and fucking and the day, even the day of my special because food doesn't taste like food unless you add hot sauce to it I put I made uh, steaks it's last an- night and I, and I sliced up serranos and mm. I put it all over my steak serrano peppers are so much hotter than jalapenos and then this morning just <laughs> rifle shit out of my ass yeah peppers especially because even peppers that aren't hot will fuck you up hardcore yeah mm-hmm. so wait when you sh- quit drinking your shits were like perfect yeah oh maybe that's it i didn't drink i haven't <laughs> drank in the last two days though so it can't be that no. i'm drinking tonight i'm definitely drinking tonight um so wow. it could be it could still take a second yeah, you could. didn't drink for two days well i don't today i don't drink i don't know well, I, I didn't drink last night the night before but i do count like like I don't I only drink nowadays I don't drink in LA unless it's like part of work, you know? Like uh like like tonight I'll probably drink some doing a set at this some club and then at the store. And so I'll probably like, you know, you end up hanging out. Yeah. So I'm not your doctor. <laughs> You're telling me how to solid up my shit. <laughs> so last night this is the thing I saw online and I wanted to talk to you about this because I wanted to be very careful saying your name because there's do you know Ethan and Ela Klein? They're from H3H3 Productions. 
Yeah. They're, they do a podcast. They're big uh, YouTubers, but they're really interesting. And I, I kept fucking her name up. And I, and at a certain point, when you fuck a person's name up, you just sound racist or that you don't care. Am I right? I get. I, I give a lot of passes because I grew up in America, and it's it's we don't have this letter that's my first name, so I get it. Oh wait, there's a full different letter that's your first name. Well, Chemda, there's no Ch in English. Do you know so. that alien symbol on your phone emoji? <laughs> and it's like, where does this go? Yeah, yeah, that's how you say Ch. Really? Yeah. So were you born in Israel? <laughs> yes. And your family came over here? Yeah, crazy stuff. My parents didn't speak any English, and they had three kids six, ages six and under, and they just got on a plane and came over. I don't know how foreigners do it. I, I, I don't like, and you're from the. I, I'm more probably like you, integrally. I think we both have, what, you're like 43? Yeah, 44, yeah. 44, 45, both white guys. Not, I didn't come from privilege, but I get, yeah, but guy, but I kind of did, right? You know, but like I never, I, I look at people's story of struggle and just go, yeah, I'll never understand that. Like the idea of having three kids, putting my kids right now on a plane and going, hey guys, we're moving to Israel and let's see if we can start fresh, right? right? Let's learn the language as we go. Let's fill out paperwork in some other foreign language. Let's deal with the kids now speaking a different language to us. You know, it's crazy. And what was it? Did you ever hear your parents just going like, like come home one day and be like, fucking Puerto Ricans. Have you discovered Puerto Ricans yet? And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, like hear them talk about, because yeah. there's nothing. And these are the things that I think that no one's talking about, but there's nothing but Israel and Palestinians in Israel, right? Israelis and Palestinians in Israel. Well, that's the thing. Israel is kind of like America where there aren't really, like if I go to Israel, people won't say, are you, where are you? When people ask me in Israel, where are you from? They don't mean Israel. They mean that I'm Iraq and Iranian because that's where my heritage is from. Hold on, you're not even Israeli? Well, I was born in Israel, but in Israel, no one, like the, the country is so young. Just answer the question. <laughs> so My. wait, so this problem we're going through in America, where people say, so where are you from? And people go, right. San Francisco. And you're like, no, with the fucking right. eyes, where are you from? Like, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, we know better than to be like Israel. Well, I know to say Iraq and Iran in Israel. Really? Yeah, because they're looking at my face, and to to you guys, I look like I'm from the Middle East. To them, they can decipher a little bit more, you know? Really? Yeah. That's fucking fascinating. I'm so involved, I don't even see her. <laughs> you know? I'm a ghost to Keith. Can I tell you, this is uh, uh, not even secret time, but real truth. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to the point where I try not to acknowledge visually people of color so that they don't think one thing or the other. I do the same with women because it got to a weird place that if you like acknowledge people or if you try to like like say hi or smile that it became an assault, you know? Like like just saying hi to someone can be construed as negative or like talking to someone. I just shut off. I shut off totally. And when I'm in public, I don't talk to anyone. And I used to be so gregarious. But it's such an it's such a slippery slope these days to just talk to somebody. To well, this say is, to this someone. This is what's this is what's sad because I am hearing this from a lot of cis straight white men, right? Yeah. So I understand like you guys have just discovered a struggle. We right? <laughs> No, oh, Dude, by the way, can I tell you? We got out, we walked out out of Black Panther. I'm not shitting on it. No, no, no. We got out of Black Panther, and I said to my daughters and wife, I wish they made one of those for white people. Oh, God. And my, and my wife was like, are you fucking serious? I said, well, no, that would be so cool. Like, the way everyone kind of rallied around the black experience, that's really neat. I wish they did that for white Bert. people. I know. I'm just telling you who the fuck I am. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I'm just like I'm a regular fucking person. I'm not. Let me ask ba- you this: As soon as it comes out of your mouth, do you like sense something? As soon as I said it, and the, everyone in the car was like, "It's called Superman." I went, "Oh yeah, you're right. You're right." Like I, I went, "Yeah, even, yeah, you're totally right." Like I, I didn't think a lot about it like that. I don't even know superheroes. I could name more than Superman, where it's all about white guys. Oh yeah, no, no, but there, but but. Can I tell you though, I'm not, and this is what I think, uh, I think some people connect with me on is that there's no hate involved. There's no anger involved. Like I, I wrote a joke today. I'm going to tell it tonight. I'll see if it gets on stage because I was, I was listening to your podcast, practicing your name in my head. And I, and I, at one point I went, I think this is actually racist for me to be so focused about her name and not worry about Keith, not worry about Keith once <laughs> and go like Kenda. Okay. And, and then I go, I don't want to add too much of a huh to it. Cause then I might, it sounds like I'm mocking it. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I was like, cause I'm going to fuck her name up. But Hila, it's H I L A. It's an Israeli name. Hila. Oh, Hila. Hila, or I don't know how to do it. Yeah. But then you just—it sounds like someone's calling me Brent, and that Brent or Brett, and they just keep fucking my name up. And at some point, you're like, they're doing this on purpose. Yeah. So I wanted to do that, and then I thought, you know what? Don't even say her name. Don't even fucking say her name. Just call. Don't her the get girl. to know her. Yeah, and then no, but then I said, <laughs> then I said, I wonder if that's why they called it Keith and the girl because everyone couldn't produce pronounce Chemda. And, and then I started going, and then I translated from that, and there's the joke I wrote. A girl was walking up, and one girl smiled at me, and I smiled back. And I went, no, don't do that. We know better than that. that that's <laughs> like, that we're past that. Because then, now, because I can't do that. I can't walk past a girl and smile at her, because then everyone like, what, are you fucking catcalling me? So then I said, what if I just did the opposite? And the next girl walked by, and I looked at her, and she was really pretty, and she went, ugh. And I was like, there we go. That's that's the way you work it. Let's fucking put people down as opposed to like, because like, I'm the kind of person. You don't really believe that though. I really believe. I know you I, always tell look you at I'll, the glass half full. I'll tell, you what I, I'll tell you what I believe. What can we say nowadays, Bart? <laughs> but, but, by the way, you joke about that, but that's because we are in the elite East and West Coast. There's a lot of people in the center of the country that are really lost. They are really lost. Mm-hmm. Like I would say something to you if we were at Starbucks. This is how my personality used to be. It's changed a tad bit. I would say something like, um, you have beautiful hair. Thanks. Th- that's how it should go. But in LA, when you say that, or say someone like, like if I see anyone with dyed hair, because my daughter has dyed hair, I go, I love your hair. Like, and so I like, excuse me? And then you're like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have spoken to you. Well, stop making the peace sign right in front of your mouth when you say hello. <laughs> <laughs> but it's gotten, it has gotten to a place that it's, it's kind of, a little fucked up so what happened last night online and this is what got me in this spiral this girl i don't know if you saw this but this girl wore a chinese uh traditional chinese dress to her prom do you see this no go ahead did you see it no but i heard something about a racist dress okay so this must be it so it's cultural preparation mm-hmm. so she wears a dress and then she says hey guys i'm i'm 17 i'm not going to apologize for this on her twitter i'm not going to apologize for this I didn't mean any harm to anyone. I just thought it was a beautiful dress. Mm-hmm. And which, by the way, I, 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 she did look really pretty in the dress. For a 17-year-old, I know that you can't say that anymore, but but like yeah. she did look pretty. I love how you say all the things that you You're think doing okay you so can't far. say, and yeah. then you go, I know that I'm not supposed to say that, yeah. and that makes it better. Yeah, right. <laughs> but she did look, she did look uh, really nice in the dress. Right. It was a really cool picture. In one he year, hot as hell. <laughs> but right now, yeah. I don't even see her. Right. And so, and so. <laughs> uh, that's how you Woody Allen it. We fell in love. That day on her birthday, we really, we got physical. So then she, this guy 
I won't, I won't call him out because I don't believe in public shaming, but he public shamed her. Okay. He's an Asian guy. And he said, uh, my culture is not your fucking palm dress. Okay. Because he's Asian, which is, I think everyone would irrationally agree with these days. 150,000 people liked his tweet. So 150,000 people agreed that this white girl's not allowed to wear an Asian dress to a prom. Isn't it interesting that 150,000 people are taking a shit at the same time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> oh, did you find it? Okay. Oh, this is exactly... Okay. Oh, this is a great job, Halston. So then a couple people do a deep dive on his Instagram, uh-huh. on his Twitter. And it's his dress. And it turns out he's a racist as fuck. Yeah. He's been dropping N-bombs. Like, not... I'll say the N-word. I know you... Technically, you're not even allowed to say the N-word because that is, in effect, a pass at saying the actual N-word. Is it's a, it's a workaround that white people have created to... Okay. You well, only to reference the word, you right. know? Because you're not going like, you're such an N-word. You're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. Yeah, but it's like the, the news says the N-word. And then you're yeah. like, oh, you should say the word. You're making me think it. That's a Louis joke. He's like, apparently he's like, why are N-words so fucking loud? That's mm-hmm. what he wrote. And he's like, uh, uh, Chinese toddlers are way better than those white-speaking English devils. Oh, boy. And by the way, he goes through it. And so I was, I was curious as a woman of color, and I think I can say that to you, right? Sure. What are your feelings on cultural appropriation? Um, so I think, there's, I think there's a really thin line. I think there's, the line is between a appreciation and appropriation, right? So I think if you're wondering why can't I do it, you have to answer that question before you do it again, right? So if this woman uh, wore a Chinese dress and she's white and people are, 150,000 people are going, hey, you can't do that. Then you do a deep dive. Why can't I do that? What is bothering people about this? Because what I think is I'm taking a style and appreciating it on my body. I think it looks good on my body. I think I'm representing it like, you know, hey, this is a Chinese dress. I'm not calling it anything different. You know, it's not Halloween. It's not Halloween. I'm not, you know, putting on an accent while I'm in this. You know, I I understand the giving it a pass. So the problem is, and I, I like, I don't know how. And to, she flips to the second picture. It's her doing the eyes, like, oh, I see. Well, the <laughs> second picture is definitely her going. Literally, it is. There's, oh, a, no. there's a picture where everyone's throwing up gang signs, and she's bowing like a Chinese woman. By the way, I don't want to slam this little girl either, but I will say. And by the way, well, we got to slam somebody, Bart. Well, it's the Asian kid. <laughs> All right, he's fucking anyone who just says, "Why are N words so loud?" <laughs> you're like, hey man, I don't think you're you're not beating around the bush. There's no. <laughs> irony in this joke but keep going so that so so that's another part of it so you just said you you flip a picture and she is making fun of the culture so what she's doing is taking something that has been marginalized taking something that is the when for example when we say um white trash do you know that we're not allowed to say that right hold on hold on Hold on. No, I did not okay because what's the difference what do you do you say black trash do you say asian trash White is so dominant and on top. Oh, I love... By the way, you're, my dick is hard in this conversation right now. <laughs> I love shit like this. Okay, keep going. Because my, my wife's family is white trash. Keep going. Okay, so... And, and my, I, I married into complete trailer trash. So I... Yeah. And I fucking love it. Me too. <laughs> love. Like what... From what, All from their from what state? Stories. From what state? Um, actually from around here. From Anaheim. Oh, from Kentucky. Wow, that's a, There's Kentucky in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did they, they make dressing at, at supper? 
Did they call it supper? Uh, oh, man. I, I don't supper. know. You had supper? Yeah. So, yeah. wait, you're kind of white trash a little bit. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. for real? My town doesn't even necessarily have a name. I'm from Somerset, Pennsylvania, which is, again, close to Pittsburgh, but the country. And then there's Bakersville, but I'm actually between the two spots. Really? Yeah. Can you like like did you did you have a gun in your house growing up? No, but we're the only ones. My dad was a legit Catholic priest before he got married. Your dad was a Catholic priest? Yeah. Yeah. I met my mom by blessing my grandma's house. Felt something. Wait, was there an exorcism? He <laughs> he wanted to. Uh no, it's just a house blessing. I think it was a new house and he yeah. was just there to bless it. And I guess there were stars right away. And then they uh, dated once or twice. I know he had a big conflict of interest, of course, a big uh, crisis of faith. And then he said he tr- he tried to apply to be in the military, to be a chaplain overseas during, I believe, Vietnam. He was hoping that he would die. That way he wouldn't have to deal with his feelings of my mother. Whoa. That's God for you. Then, of course, spoiler, that he did uh, stop being a priest, got permission, uh, got... Um, can't be you know can't be performing as a priest anymore and then raises kids and he was always there's five of us and he was always upset with all five of us and it has to be a big part i think you used to have the power to take sin away from people to make people go to heaven and now you're wiping an ass the power to take i forgot that they had that power i i could make sure that you go to heaven no matter what you did in your past and i've read the books and now I'm just changing a diaper like a piece of shit. Oh, that'd be a trip, right? That was your dad was the last generation of straight priests. Yes, <laughs> like that was when no one was noble to be like I'm going to become a priest. Yeah. And then there was this like switchover of like I don't want to give in to what my heart's feeling. I'm gonna and I have faith. I want to go to right. heaven. And like I think like it's funny because the priesthood has dropped drastically. That's a stat I just made up. <laughs> I was going along right I'm with it. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Like you never see nuns anymore. You see nuns all the time crossing the street in New York. Mm-hmm. You'd see a nun crossing the street. You don't see any fucking nuns. You see chicks holding hands though. <laughs> so so I think you're on some. So let's go let's go back to let's go back to white trash. So saying white trash is implying that all black people are trash, but there's only a small more margin of white people that's trash. In short, yeah. Like there's the Oh, that's you know, fucking brilliant. But it makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Because we oh we as a people in America say take take white cis straight people as a these are the regulars right mm-hmm. like because if you tell a story you won't go this white guy told me blah 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 yeah, but I if will. there's a black guy in the story, you will now I will no no I always have and I always and I would always tell you he was black if it's important to the story if right, it's not but, important to the story I would never say it I say Asian. <laughs> If it's not important, I go. I mean, if it's not important, I just don't tell the story. (laughs) If his skin color doesn't make the story, why would I tell the story? (laughs) Like there's this, there's a story I'm telling on stage right now about this black kid that works at Starbucks, but it's important that he's black. If I don't tell you he's black, then the story makes no fucking sense. Um, And, uh, and yeah, and I, but, but. And I, if if it, he needs to be white, I'll let you know he's white. But maybe you're right. Maybe I slide it in, maybe that he's white in a more, I, it's understood, subtle way. 
Well, it's, I mean, generally, even if it's not you specifically who goes out of his way for storytelling purposes, who you've thought about it, you write things down, you know, it's generally we go, hey, the guy, blah, blah, blah. But if, if they're a different race than white, then it's, it all of a sudden you have to describe the person because our default is white. Our default is white. Yeah. So that's why. so, So back to the Asian dress. Yeah. If if you're suddenly, you know, making Asian quote signs or pretending like you're Asian because you're wearing this dress, but you're saying that you appreciate the culture that it came from, you're not. Okay. So that's where it comes into like um if if in this country certain cultures and certain groups of people that we decided were in that group, you know, like we definitely put people into boxes. If we decide that they're going to be in that box, but we're going to take their culture and once we wear it, it's cool. That's the also difference. So, so let's say hip hop is, you know, for gangsters and for criminals and everyone who's in it is like a bad person and monitor them and pull them over and all this shit. But then all of a sudden our kids are wearing baggier pants and quote hip hop clothes and, you know, are, are appropriating it. They're not going to jail for having saggy pants. They're not being looked at. They're suddenly, you're saying when a black kid is wearing those clothes, you know, kind of monitor him. When a white kid is wearing it, it legitimizes the culture in some way or another. It, it washes it out and it says this version of it is okay because it's on my white kid. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. I think my problem is, and I, I think it's probably more of a question for Keith. But like, because because we are just white dudes. But like, I I love. Did you like hip hop growing up? No, I found it corny. For real? Yeah. What uh, did you I, listen to? I uh, hair metal. For real? Yeah, and uh, I once it started being gangster rap. I needed people dying, I suppose. But that's when I liked it. Oh, I loved, I loved hip hop. I I was explaining this to my daughters yesterday. I'm not going to say this right. One of my daughters is really into anime. The one with the dyed hair is into anime, and the other one is just like, uh, kind of like a, more of a. I'm not not to say that people that are in anime are not cool. I don't know what's cool really for that age. But my other one's not in anime, and there's this type of anime person that is frowned upon, uh, like a fan of anime. I just call it like an ABBA or something. And my daughter said, don't just, you can be into anime, but don't be an ABBA. And I went, don't do that. I was like, don't tell her that whatever she digs isn't cool. Whatever you dig is what you dig. You can't help what you dig. And I said to them, I loved hip hop when I was in like eighth grade, eighth grade, seventh grade. I I was, it's right when 2020 did the whole thing about breakdancing. And that's how I discovered hip hop. Called my cousins. They turned me on to hip hop. And when girls would call my house, I had a, remember back in the day you had a, a stereo that had two tape decks mm-hmm. in it? I would have hip hop in one and when they called, I would switch over to UB40 and play Red Red Wine so that they thought I was cool because I didn't want them to hear me listen to the Fat Boys. <laughs> but that's what I liked. And, I was, and I'm ashamed that that's who I was, that I was afraid to tell everyone who I was. But I've, I've always been into hip hop and I think I've, I, part of me would argue that cultural appropriation is what makes America great? Like there's a there's a a a, a a a shirt that Middle Eastern men wear, Muslim men wear, 
Um, it's where it's it's like white. It's got no collar. It's got a couple buttons. It's got like pleats right here, and it goes down to your knees. Do you mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about? I love it. Yeah, it's my favorite thing in the world. Mm -hmm. It looks the, very Buddhist in a way. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's I'm like, sure that's racist to say because it's it's just it is what it is. Yeah, and so and so when I was in I was in Zanzibar, um, I had a fixer there, and I said I want the shirt. I want that shirt the guy's wearing. He was like, why? I said, it just looks cool. It looks cool and it looks like I'd be comfortable. Like it looks like something I'd love to wear around the house. Mm -hmm. Like on a Sunday, put it on, eat pizzas, watch TV, no underwear. It's kind of like a moo moo, but it's like, looks cool. You know, it looks badass. So he got me one. And I'm wiping sauce on it. Dude, there, I have so much food on this fucking shirt. There's ice cream all over. I was like, I bet not a lot of Muslim guys get ice cream all over theirs. And um, Definitely not meat and cheese. And then one night I was like, I'm going to wear it out. And my wife's like, you're not wearing that out. You just look like you're making fun of them. But I go, but I'm not. Like, I like this shirt. I like it. I think it's a cool shirt. She's like, no, you look like a fucking jackass. Don't wear it out. So like, what line do we... Like, I don't bend my hats. I, I, I like a fat, flat brim. Right. I That's guess, cultural appropriation a little bit, right? I guess when a black guy could wear the shirt that you're wearing and we don't get worried that he's wearing a hoodie, then you can wear other people's shit. Wait, so then black people should not wear like collared shirts because that's white appropriation. No, because white appropriation is what they've been forced to do. So it's oh. not appropriation. So when you started dating her, yeah, <laughs> a lot of lot of thoughts. Like, like, what was that like? Because we couldn't you use are, words. You think it's only getting worse? That means it was worse. There was like, was there a, an awakening for you? Like when, because you seem like someone who's kind of dialed into a little more than the average white guy. Sis, the idea that you've used sis now twice, I'm like, okay, she knows what she's right. she's. Like when you started dating, was there a part of you that you like, you were watching a Steelers game and you said something and she was like, hey, can you not use the word faggot? And you're like, wait, I grew up with that word. Do you know it's not made out of real pigs and pigskin is offensive too? No, I, th I think all of us are, we're just learning more and more. Uh, it, it sounds like you're thinking... Like you're hearing the PC thing is getting out of control. What can I? I definitely say, think the right? PC thing is getting way out of control. I almost find it. Don't you find it like a fun challenge when you write? Like, all right, let me find. I'll got find no, no. a new angle to come at you, fuckers. No, I, I, I don't. I don't have a problem taking away words. Like, I don't have a problem uh, not saying words that make people's day feel shitty. That's. I have no problem with that. Um, I, I think it's a little ridiculous that only one side gets to be right that like that if you are conservative and you do believe in guns that but you, then you're automatically wrong i think that the the fact that that the left is you that you can't fail on the left unless you take a picture with the head of the president you can't fail on the left <laughs> like i think that's a little ridiculous by the way i'm liberal i'm very liberal i don't i don't uh i don't but i do i do find like everyone i grew up with shuts their mouth now and that's not healthy you just know what just Say, shuts their mouth they just go you know what fuck them and like that's and it's part of what's happening to me is i start just staying away from things like like staying away from a conversation our friend just found out she's black right she did a did a dna test mm. she was adopted she just found out she was black i got so excited i wanted to have so much of a conversation with her but it's in a room of liberal hollywood you know types and i thought don't you know what? Don't even get involved. Don't even get involved because the things that you're excited about yeah. are not what the room's going to be excited about. And just shut your mouth and don't say anything in in those situations. You know, I understand that, and that's a shame. The it's a shame. Is that's 
All I'm saying is it's just a shame. But here's where it's not a shame. Okay. So you're not going to have... She tricks you sometimes like that, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you have to say, I'm on board. Well, okay then. Here we go. I understand that because I've been in that position where I'm just like, I know that there's that, that I'm not on top of this subject as other people and I'm going to come off ignorant. That's it. That's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of my fear, and I'll say fear, is that uh, you, you don't... Like, I'm just not on top of it. I don't know what's going on. And you feel like you can never be unless you really, like, study it. You feel like everyone's studying it, and then and then you're sort of backed into a corner. And it's and you're not a little bit wrong when you're wrong these days. You're all the way wrong. Because you have offended people, and that's the most wrong that you can it's be. the most wrong you can be. Yeah, so I think the thing, the reason why people keep getting upset in in your direction and people who look like you is because yeah at at white guys but like it's like you said white guys who look like you like you look like you're in a frat i look like i'm homophobic number one i have a joke that i don't tell which is very which was by the well the the opening of the joke was i used to and this is true i used to work for a company at florida state called safe escort my job was to walk women across campus so that they didn't get raped and as soon as I say that, everyone laughs. And because they look at me and they go, but you're the rapist. And so you go, great. Like, and I know you, and by the way, I know that laugh is involuntary, but like even just saying that, like I'm clearly I've never raped anyone. Not that I'd come out now and say I did, but like clearly that's not me. I've only had sex with six women in my life. I mean, you and know, so that's like, not, so, that doesn't make it clear, but okay. No, but, but, no, but, but I mean, so I'm not, I'm not very sexual. Like I'm, I have a hard time kissing girls like i that was my my big problem anyone listening to this podcast knows this but but like so like this was just cosby's defense but all right right i don't even like sex that's what he said are you serious yeah oh wow yeah (laughs) then why did he do it so much because i like when i just do it i don't like the act of sex when they're both into it oh for real that's what what i'm guessing so he just like oh my god then Are you just realizing how sick Cosby is? <laughs> no, no, no. I just tapped out. I just, when I heard that, because I knew, there's, this is the other part of the thing. You're getting me to spiral out. The, the other part of the thing is that um, I was well aware that guys roofied girls uh, because uh, Hef, Hef, Hugh Hefner used to do it. Slip them a Mickey, get them to loosen up. That's, I'd heard that before. I'd heard uh, CeeLo Green said, it's not rape yeah. if they're not conscious. Right. These were all very common things that these older generation of men just believed. So when I heard that, I went, of course he did that. I just went, of course he did that. Why wouldn't he do it? He's a man of power. He just assumes this is how it gets done. But go back to the thing you were saying about wh- white guys. When, being a white guy, when you look the way you look, people assume you're racist. They assume mm-hmm. you're sexist. You, they assume... So the reason, oh, so I think I was saying the reason why it's, it's like, oh, we're not going, oh, that's really hard, even though I, I understand it and, and I, I understand the corner that you feel backed into. By the way, I, I, and just to be mm-hmm. clear, I don't really feel totally backed into a corner entirely because I, I just, I, I kind of, stand up wise, I, do, I don't even talk about it, any of this stuff. And I, it doesn't really apply to me because you can kind of get bubble yourself out where you don't have to deal with any of it. You can do that in society. So, Stay offline and you never bump into any of it. Well, okay. but So so here's here's the exchange is let's say you're talking about a, a, a gay guy growing up in what we know as as uh, life, right? We're in our 40s. Yeah. And our, so, I mean, our experiences. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, um, so he had to... 
um, do all that backing into a corner all the time. So everything yeah. that you have to think of, like, oh, I can't say that word. I can't walk into this space in this way. Uh, these guys won't accept me in this room. You have a handful of those, right? Like surf reality was a little, couple. you had to navigate. Life's, I'm well aware of my privilege, but yes, you're right. So a for couple. gay guys, every room that they walk into, you know, it's changing now, but like you said, the South, the middle, you know, there's parts of our country yeah. who are missing out on the news of this. Every space that they walked into, they had to think about what they said. They had to think about how they interact with you. They had to think about their speech and the way that they talk, their pronouns so that you don't know, you know. So if they're hooking up with someone, they're switching it to like tell you that it's a girl. So it's all this stuff that they had to keep recognizing growing up. Now, you guys, if I can call you you guys, Please. for the first time have to think anything remotely close to this that's why everyone's like hello if you wanted our experience you're now getting a hint of it i do does that make sense it it makes perfect sense and i wish there were more people like you in the world to express those feelings with that kind of like uh um almost welcoming because like i don't mind uh taking back like you said taking the challenge and Mm -hmm. taking back and allowing people more freedom and to to uh uh, you know to blossom but look at the throne that you even you know sitting on just saying those words you know what i mean it is in your hands i I didn't know that i've I've learned that i've learned that by me um by me like Todd Glass was the first one. I've said the F word now. I only say the F word because if I say the F word, everyone thinks it's, it's right, fuck. I know. And I only say it on that purpose. But um, there's the R word now too. The R word. I, yeah, my buddy just got in a lot of trouble for it. I grew up in Queens. The R word was like every other word. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by, by the, the way, police. What? How'd your buddy get in trouble? <laughs> you know, yeah, by the police. Technically, <laughs> um, by a uh, uh, hundred thousand people signed a signed a. A document of, of to try to get him kicked off at Netflix, and it really you know, and it, his joke was what they did was they took his joke out of context. I mean, I, I'm speaking for him, and I should not, but I'm just speaking. This isn't a private conversation. This is what he shared on Rogan. Okay. But they took his joke out of context and then posted that online, and then a hundred thousand people signed a petition, and uh, and he's it's still an uphill battle. But his joke wasn't mocking anyone. It's just. He used that word, and now he's in trouble. And I'm not taking that side. So the comparison—I don't think you yeah. are. Not, and I, yeah. The comparison here is: it used to be you found out somebody slept with a dude, and it was a dude like had a gay relationship of any sort, and boom, hundred thousand signatures get this guy out of our lives and away from our children. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like. It's hard. The reason why people are getting mad is because they had to live that. And as soon as a white guy has to live a piece of it, they start going, I can't even I can't even say hi to chicks on the street. And so it's like, uh, yeah. at least understand why people are mad. And then, and then we're like, that. you know, but didn't could yeah. you understand why? Why can, could you understand possibly why it's it? does put people in a place where I go, I don't make eye contact with anyone anymore. Of course. I think it's, it makes I, it a little easier to navigate life to just, just kind of get in your own bubble. And when a girl smiles at you, just frown at her and go, don't, you're not allowed to do that. Like, this is not where we are, but that's not where we are because a, a smile is like, 
by the way, I have had friends that catcall, and I witnessed it growing up. Not growing up, but starting stand up in New York, working the door of the Boston Comedy Club, hanging out with black comics, black comics catcall like a motherfucker. Patrice O'Neill used to enjoy it, like used to. I mean, thrive. are we taking Patrice O'Neill as like the epitome of what guys should, how guys should treat women and no. men and no. everyone? No. <laughs> every, every sweet story, uh, being in New York, every story from a comic about Patrice that they thought was nice was always about him being shitty. Oh, I will tell you, I will tell you. Everyone. A, did you ever meet Patrice? I met, we never really met Matt. He was, uh, he was not, like people love him. They celebrate him now. But trust me, if you, if you met him, you would not like him. Like you, he would not let you like him. And like, I remember one time we were sitting in the, on the stoop of Boston Comedy Club. I was working the door. It was him, Bobby Kelly, Jim Norton, and I want to say like another guy, I forget who it was. And uh, a girl walked by and Patrice was like, damn, bitch, you got a fat ass. And she just looked at him and like kept walking. And I go, why Why would you do that? Like, but I grew up, I mean, I'm not going to go and try to pick apart catcalling, but I grew up in Tallahassee, or in Tampa, so there was no passerby. You never mm-hmm. saw foot traffic. Mm-hmm. So you never really had an opportunity to catcall. But really? what's like the frat version of doing that? Did you, there wasn't. There wasn't like a... You would never... You would never and I'll tell you why. You're going to have a field day with what I'm about to say. Um, Catcalling is simply how poor people communicate. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with, with, uh, with what race you are. It's, it's socioeconomic. And when you don't have a lot of self-esteem... It's it's hard to put yourself out like that that and go you know I, I you know I find you beautiful I'd like to take you on a date oh where would you like to take me um, I don't have I live in my grandmother's basement like oh it's easier for them to do a hail mary pussy pass and see if she wants it and then that's how she gets it like rich people don't cat call like there's no there was no cat calling in wealthy society there's no at a golf club a guy's not like damn bitch you got a fat ass like it just doesn't happen if you have money. You have self-esteem. If you have self-esteem, you walk up to someone at a bar and you go, hi, my name's Bert. You look beautiful. You know, you, it started a conversation. It's a bit I'm, I, I was working on. Mm-hmm. The idea was my wife got it, said it, it's stupid. Why would anyone do it? It doesn't work. I go, clearly it works. It, clearly it works. Right. Clearly there, there's women that uh, it appeals to because you wouldn't do something that doesn't work. You don't go fishing and show your tits at the water and go, I hope the fish jump in the boat. Or you go fishing or put your dick out and go, hey, fish, look what I got. You throw a hook in the water. Now, the hook doesn't work every time. And I'm certain when that hook enters the water, there are fish that feel threatened and feel like that that hook makes them feel unsafe. But there's one fish going, I'll suck that hook. And that's why we do it every time. Now, that was my argument for catcalling was that it's socioeconomic. I would never do that because that was not how I was raised. I would never do that because if you want to talk to a girl, you go up and you say, hey, man, my name's Bert. I'd like, I think you're beautiful. Or I'd like to take you on a date. Or, hey, you know, you talk to her. You would never be like, hey, suck this dick, bitch. And then her go, huh? go, smile more, motherfucker. <laughs> like, that just didn't happen. I say, hi, I'm Keith. I think you're pretty. I'd like to get to know you. Smile. <laughs> smile. <laughs> take care regardless. Yeah. <laughs> but so there was no real equivalent to that at, in a fraternity. Uh I think it was boys of privilege who felt like if they wanted to meet a girl, then they could just go and talk to that girl. I mean, I never really thought of that. I just, I mean, frat guys have a terrible reputation beyond cat. There there was also, they'd roofie them. There was also a lot of, you know, rape. And I'm sure I've never, never heard a story of that, but, but, but 
There was no catcalling. That just wasn't. I mean, you. Okay, so you're asking me how I feel. How do you feel that your people are known as race as rapists? Oh, like um, how do you feel when I, if I was in a room alone with you and we just met, I would have to think about, are you like who yeah, are you? That was an eye opening, and and that this is one of those things that Keith was bringing up that I that I do applaud. So the, there was a hashtag yes all women right, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Immediately, I'm always I always read those things. I feel the instinct, the like the like gut reaction, where I go, I go not not all men like that's it, and then I go okay, that's an idiotic. Clearly, there's someone's making a point. Right. Let's take let's let's reverse engineer this and look at it from the other side. And so I go through and I read all the women's tweets and I try to like learn from it, right? Because I'm all, ultimately I'm only thinking about trying to write a joke. And everyone looks at me and they go. Well, of course he thinks that. What if you come up from the other angle? And one of the things that blew my mind, it's so simple, it's so stupid, it's so silly, was um, yes, all women feel threatened when they order a pizza. Mm-hmm. That like just the idea of ordering a pizza and and by yourself and having this man come to your door and like look in and see no one else, that that, that can be a scary situation. And that flipped everything I knew about any of that. So to answer your question in short, I am, uh, I am not, I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not on, I don't, I don't know how to say this properly. I see all men as threats more than I think the average man. I see all men as the dirt they've done more as the average man because I've, like, I, I do meet and greets. And the number one thing, this is like the number one thing in a meet and greet, I do it shirtless. Mm-hmm. Women, if they touch you, always, 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 without question, always ask, can I touch you first? Mm-hmm. They always go, hey, is it okay if I touch your belly? And I go, yeah, of course. Uh, do you mind if I like, I want to give you a kiss on the cheek. Would that be okay? And I go, yeah, yeah, of course. Guys will put their finger in your belly button hard as fuck and think you like it. And you're like, bro, don't fucking do that to me. But that's a man. That's men. That's- right. Now imagine if I go, bro, stop doing that to me. I get called a bitch. You know, like, oh, yeah. oh, you're so sensitive. It's just your belly button. It's not even your tits. And I'm yeah. like, just touch my tits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, men will grab your ass. Men will, men will kiss you. Men will fucking men. will. I got, I had one instance that really fucked me up is this big guy, tough guy, backslapper. I hate backslappers. Yeah. I hate guys who slap you on the back. I, by the way, I am all against toxic masculinity. I may look like I embody it, but no one's more against it than the dudes that had to grow up side by side with these motherfuckers. My whole fucking life, I'm a regular guy, and you just get dudes in the shower, taking a shower in high school, just start pissing on you. And, and they're like, <laughs> take that faggot. And you're like, you're like, hey man, like I don't like that. As much as the women that don't like it, I don't like any of it. And so, like, they're they're always they're always the guys that are like you're not doing your push up right. You got to go all the way down. You're like, dude, leave me the fuck alone. At least I'm trying. But like, uh, there was a guy in I was in the I was in the military, and when I was in infantry, the guys just loved to fight. Like it's all they knew. Yeah. So you need these animals over there, but they are. You know, hey Molly, all of a sudden we're wrestling. It's like you're a pretzel now. <laughs> you're a pretzel now, dude. Anyone those guys that would come in our fraternity house. At like two in the morning, shirt already off, yoked, and be like, "All right, spread the couches out. It's going down, Fight Club." And you're like, "Not Fight Club, because that didn't happen yet." Thunderdome, let's do it. And you'd be like, "I just want to walk away. I just want to walk away." I remember. Could you walk away? Could you walk away? No. 
<laughs> first of all, I'm a man. That's, but that's part of how I was raised. I didn't ask for this. Like I didn't, I didn't go like, I didn't, I wouldn't did like turn eight and be like, Hey man, can you teach me all the hate words? And then, <laughs> then be like, Oh, of course I didn't know you wanted to <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Tell me all the things I can do to make life difficult on everybody. So then when you, when, when that guy came in and was like, we're fighting, you're like, fuck, I got to fight now. Yeah. You're like, Oh my God. I, my first thought, by the way, this happens so much. My first thought was, please don't hurt my teeth. Like I don't, I've, uh, I've, uh, crowns and crowns, veneers and bondings, and I'd be like, please don't fuck with my teeth. Please, so I'd be so protective of my teeth. And then you'd be like, and you'd be like, just give up, just give up. Like just let him win faster. I don't care if I lose. Like I don't care to, I don't care uh. to win. And then, but then there is a toxic masculine in me. Where if I did feel like he was doing something, I have a real hair trigger with bullies, like real hair trigger. Where some t- like, if he went for air flicking, you'd go. I'll tell you. A, I'll tell place. you a very private story that everyone's gonna love to hear. I knew we'd get secret time. <laughs> this is going. Is this on my podcast or yours? <laughs> so, uh, I have a friend who made a joke that I was gonna give ten thousand dollars to. Um, to a charity after I ran the marathon. It was a joke. I, I made fun of him and then he was like, he pretended in his in his Instagram that I would give $10,000 to a charity that I said I'd do. If I could run the LA marathon with no training, then I would give $10,000. It, it pulled such a trigger in me of bullying. And he's my best friend. He's my best friend. And I never, I never even told him this. I have never said this to anyone. I would, I would not give that money. I would give money to my own charity if I wanted to give money, but the idea that someone would tell me to give $10,000 to something, it pulled, and, and all my friends started joking and we were texting, and they're like, fucking, you're in for 10 grand, buddy. It was a joke. By the way, I, I have the money, but it was such a fucking weird thing of, of like, you don't, no one tells me what to do. Like, it, it pulled such a natural trigger in my id that I was, I just stopped texting about it. And I was like, I can't even play this game, man. Like, cause I, I don't feel like it's fun anymore. I feel like right. I, you know? And so like, there's a part of me that like, I remember getting in a wrestling match, um, two in the morning at our fraternity. And, uh, the guy was, uh, just saying shit to me that made me feel like he thought he was a bigger man than me. And it fucking pulled out some Hulk shit. And I got him to a place where he, where everyone was like, do not fuck with Bert. Like, I lost it. I went, I lose it. I can totally see red. But like, I didn't... Is it a- funny the irony is that's when you keep your shirt on? <laughs> yeah, no, my shirt was definitely off <laughs> okay. in this. But there is like the part of this toxic masculinity that like, I grew up side by side with. Mm-hmm. I never loved it. I had a joke that I said on stage that really, by the way, I've said the F word so many fucking times in this podcast. The day I learned the F word... uh, three brothers held me down and tried to put an ice cube up my asshole. So like, I didn't ask for that. Right. Like I didn't ask to learn that word, but I, that's how I learned the word. So like, there is a weird part of this that I don't know to get, to get, I learned all of this also, you know that, right? Cause I grew up with the same thing as you, except I was on the other side of it. So, so my parents would tell me, Hey guys are going to be after you for sex. And they were right. Right. Like as soon as, you know, guys get a little bit of leeway, they're trying to grope you. And so they were coming at me and you know, whichever way adults, kids, you know, as that's soon as the you, fuck that really bothers me. Yeah. But I, I get it. You know, like yeah. as soon as you grow boobs, guys get a little bit confused. And so I was, I was very used to it. And then, um, but what was my point here? So I, 
I got the same thing. I grew up with Middle Eastern parents. What are you crying about? Don't cry. So like I got masculinity thrown at me, but it was very strange that I also wasn't the female they want. They don't talk to me anymore. So I wasn't the female that you don't they talk wanted. To anymore? Yeah, not okay. for a long time. Uh, really? For years, yeah. Uh, they just don't agree with anything I do. Hang on, there's my daughter. Hello, daughter. What's up, baby? Hello. I have to walk to my friend's house. Go ahead. Wait, hold on. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Wait, where's your friend at? Uh, she lives right next to Dakota. Do we trust her? The friend that you're walking there by yourself? Yeah. Mom said it was okay. That's good. Uh, just, okay. Do you want me to bring you your phone? What? Yeah, bring me my phone and I'll track you on Life 360. Hi. Oh my God, this is oh why God, I'm not a good a parent. Sweetie pie. <sighs> How this old is she? Thirteen. You know what? That's amazing. What's I that? only, I only saw her for one second, but I would say you should feel very lucky. Yeah. That's an actual genuine smile on that thirteen-year-old's face. She's a very very happy kid. Yeah. It's called my privilege. <laughs> And it is. It definitely is. That kid doesn't struggle at all. That kid's never struggled a day in her fucking life. The biggest struggle is she thinks the world's perfect. She can walk to a friend's house. She doesn't realize all the murderers out there. All right. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Don't go down murder path. When you Hey, when you hit the button, just because you hit the button and you see the other light turn green, remember some people turning left on the street. Are the you street. telling your 13-year-old how to yep. cross the street? This child is, yes. No, she's not a child. Bye. Do you know about Be- birds and bees? All right. Text me when you get there, baby, okay? Bye. Don't talk to anybody. <laughs> Ever. Do you want my Glock? <laughs> my gun? Okay, I if love you. If a dude smiles at you, go, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if anyone smiles at you, do not smile back. There you go, perfect. Oh my God, I'm starting to sweat. What a cutie pie. Why would two traffic goes both ways, right? <laughs> Over here. You really just said that. Oh my God. Oh, I love that you just as a hair trigger, you're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Oh my God. He almost took his shirt off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what were we talking about? Kids knowing we best. How guys are awesome. <laughs> guys are fucking horrible. Guys are horrible. You have no you have no idea how much I hate boys. Like boys, there's nothing worse than a little boy thinking he's a man and saying man shit to his friends and being a grown man and hearing it. It makes my skin boil. Like cause I was that guy. I was definitely that guy. I heard this guy, I heard this guy in Lexington, Kentucky. That is white privilege, bro. Yeah. That is like that's why sure. people they they're like uh, they're like the fucking infinity stone of white people like uh, uh, seersucker suits and and sundresses with right. big smiles that have never seen anything bad like, right and that's how you know and they would be the first ones to say they're not racist but they never had a chance to be yeah you know yeah, I mean? yeah but you know they are I I was talking to my dad once and he was saying and there's no black people in the town I grew up in. And he said, wow, "What's uh, the name of that town? <laughs> <laughs> what do they call Where that? Utopia?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was, uh, I think, my brother. There was ended up being a black girl, and one of my brothers ended up dating her. And I said, "You know, do you find do you find yourself thinking, hey, am I racist? Because it's kind of weird. I'm walking with the only black person in the whole town." And he said, "Oh, I was, well, I was in church, and I thought, and I saw people will notice there's a black person here, and I felt." Uh, I felt bad about it. And I said, so did you start thinking, hey, I'm, she's really standing out to me. I might be racist. And then he goes, what? I'm not racist. Where would that even come from? I didn't say that. And I'm like, okay, nobody said anything. You Wait, were just have, weirded out that there was a black girl in church. Have you ever dated a black chick? 
Uh, yes. Really? Yeah. Like as an adult or as, as an adult? Really? Twenties. Yeah. See, I that wasn't an. I mean, I say that wasn't an option for me, but it genuinely wasn't an option. Meaning, I went to a school that was all white. We didn't. I, by the way, I didn't really meet an Asian person until I moved to New York. Hmm. Actually, in L.A., I said this to Bobby Lee. I found out in L.A. I'm probably 30 years old, 28 years old. I find out that Japanese people could not understand Chinese people at all. Oh, I yes. thought it was a little bit like <laughs> Italian and Spanish, like pantalones, pantaloni. In LA, I found that out. I kind of want to hug you because if not, <laughs> somebody should smack you. <laughs> it's, but it's the truth. But like, but there, I'm not. I know it's funny where our ignorance like yeah. shows its face. But ignorance isn't ignorance. It doesn't just because you're ignorant doesn't mean you're hateful. Right. Well, the 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 reason why people call ignorance hateful is because sometimes you have a lot of time to figure it out and you opt out. That's me. Like me, me just like not caring, you mean? Well, you just, let's say. Apathy. Like, I think I always had ignorance attached to apathy where I was like, I was like, huh, oh, whatever, I don't care. Well, if somebody, let's say, hates your joke and says, hey, dude, that's, that's, that's gonna, that's all it is is offensive. And all you say is like, fuck you, you snowflake, you know, instead of being like, maybe my joke could be better. I, I figure like, cause I think rape jokes could be hilarious. Just say it from the hilarious part, say it from the part that's true. So I always think like, um, let's say Joe Rogan fans who are huge. Um, what's the fighting thing? UFC. 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 So there's there could be jokes against those guys just going like, oh, they're all meatheads. They're all, you know, and then the joke would come from that. But it's not true when you don't take into account the discipline that comes in with that and the, the, the physique that comes with that. And you tell your ignorant joke, people aren't going to laugh and are going to be offended. Not because your joke is... It, because your joke is stupid. That's all. Yeah. Your joke doesn't lie in the truth, so it ends up falling flat. Am I making sense? I know. I, I had a I had a girl at Gotham one time. I used to have this joke. Uh, it was I think it was on. I might be the closing joke of that special. Um, was uh, guys, you know what girls hate when you something about blowjobs oh you know guys you know what girls hate when you grab them by the back of the head and you mm-hmm. just force them down it's pretty funny you should try it once you see the look on their face they're like oh what are we playing a game what is it and then I was like I tried the sensitive approach where I slot it in her mouth while she's sleeping and then oh Jesus and then and I go oh they spook like a racehorse just like shh you're dreaming you're snorkeling in the keys feel the fish bouncing off your chin I told that joke just it's a joke you just write it you like it makes you laugh you write it tell it on a special, tell it as a throwaway, needing a joke in the moment in Gotham, and a girl comes up and says, "You're you're a rape sympathizer." I said, "What?" By the way, I'm not a rape. I've never empathized with someone who rapes people. She goes, "No, that's you rape people. You raped your wife." And I went, "I've never raped my wife." And she goes, "You that joke is a rape joke, and you in that joke you rape your wife, and you're promoting rape. You're promoting rape culture." And I went, "Hold on." Now, what happened is everyone attacked her. Um, like, everyone around her was like, oh, it's a fucking joke. Get the fuck out of here, you dumb bitch. Women, women, hard as fuck on this chick. This chick's shaking. She's so angry. All I'm seeing in that moment, and I know this is not going to be popular with my fans, but, like, all I'm seeing in that moment is um, this is a woman who heard a joke I told. Well, I didn't mean to fuck her night up. I meant for her to laugh. Had a different reaction Help me understand that reaction. And by the way, you definitely have an open ear here. 
I think you could have da- I think we could have had a conversation a little more if you had I mean I, I can't I, I there's no affecting your reaction but the conversation definitely could have been had if you said hey do you mind if I talk to you about one of your jokes and right. explained That's- it to me I would have been like I'd be like fuck by the way I've never told that joke since only because I thought my job isn't to go in and ruin someone's night my job is for everyone to laugh I want everyone to laugh if someone comes out going like Oh my God, you just reminded me of the worst day of my fucking life. And in my head, I was like, clearly someone shoved his dick in her mouth while she was sleeping. Clearly that happened. I, I mean, have. who hasn't it happened to, right, everybody? Huh? No, you don't have the same experience as me? Well, I think, oh. right, now, I think right now there's a lot of people <laughs> listening going, that's ridiculous. That would have never happened. There's a lot of guys listening going, I've never done that to a woman. That's why I think it's funny. Does that make sense? Have you never done that to a woman? Oh, are well, you being serious? Oh, that, yeah. That Have you ever done that to a woman? No. No, no man. A lot. I would say 90% of the men have never done that to Stuck their dick in her mouth while she's sleeping? I would say that happened to 90% of the women that I know. No I knew way. all parts of that joke. Absolutely. This is totally normal what you're saying. I didn't, I didn't know this. I didn't know that either. Oh, yeah. Halston, have you ever... Uh, That's a move. You get... Uh, no, like the joke is, I'm gonna come eventually. Like <laughs> face fucking, um, just uh, sticking your penis while you're sleeping. Wait, so you've had a guy put his dick in your mouth while you're asleep? Uh, not that one. But th- what's the other part of the joke? Oh, definitely, like move my head down there. Well, like, I think to, every guy's yeah. done that in a joke way. Like, like no, your wife's- not in a joke way. Like that's how you're getting blown. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> you, like I've I, I've done it like to my wife when she's like, "Hey, can we talk about? Uh, I need to talk to you about Georgia school." And I was like, "Sure, I'll definitely listen." And then I grab her in the back of the head, and she goes, "Oh, are you fucking joking?" And that's a joke. I think that every guy connects with the joke part of that. I've I've definitely, and I would say there's no. That's a move. That's a move. Like you remember, uh, it used to be like, "Oh, you're in the movie theater and you yawn, and then all of a sudden your hand is around uh, someone's." Yeah. It's it's on par with that. No, it's not on par with that. It's on par. The yawn move, you, I know you had to have done the yawn move because we learned it in a movie. I yawn and then go for the thigh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I did the... I, did the I, I think it was in Greece. We all learned it in Greece. Right. The oh, And then you put your arm around and you're like, yeah, hey, I just we got to first base. Yeah. I mean, like, but I don't that's think, cute. Yeah, that, yeah that, was, that is innocuous. The yawn to put your arm around a girl is innocuous. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get if it. If you it's grab cute. a girl yeah. by the back of the head That's and saying force so. her onto your cock, like tap or snap, bitch, then that that is hardcore rape. And I do not think that ninety percent of the guys have been like, "Oh no, you're getting this." Like, like over the top of Sylvester Stallone, like, like I can't imagine. No, no, you don't need to put that much force into it. So I, wait, hold on. Well, then maybe that's an option. <laughs> like if I could do it without that much arm strength. Yeah. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hi, welcome to being female. Yes, all of it. Yes. So there's, I see, that's the thing I think that we got clumped in with. Like I would never, ever, I, I was raised when a girl says no, then that is over. Everything is over. Were you really like when you think about it? Were you really raised like that? Because I wasn't, and we were raised in the same way. So, so like you might have been raised where your mom said that, right? No, 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 but but TV didn't say that. No, no reject. No, no, no rejection for me was what dictated it. If a girl said no, 
I had felt such a sense of rejection and humiliation that I shut down and I was like, cool. So and that's like, your response to rejection and humiliation. A lot of guys' response to rejection and humiliation is to take it anyway because then you're not rejected and humiliated because you're already there. Your yeah, dick's like so close to me, right? Oh, I've definitely had the, the, the vibrations of when you're in the middle of hooking up with someone and 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 you're like so fucking turned on yeah. and you're like all right I'm definitely going to the bathroom to jack off like if this is stopping <laughs> that's cool but I'm shaking right now like oh I feel you yeah I've been there but I would never uh just I would never take it from somebody like that I don't think people see it as taking at that point I think you know and we've heard this in court and in you know the, in the newspaper and everything it's like well weren't you naked next to this guy weren't you making out weren't you already touching his balls like wow what's the difference if his dick is in fu- inside of you and I could list the reasons why that wouldn't happen although yeah to me it's of course it's a given we're about to have sex until I go uh you know what your kissing is so annoying you're touching me and I'm like this isn't going well and I know the next step is sex but if you're so bad at this or if we're not clicking this I don't want to go to that next place although sometimes I have just to see if that would get better but but they they can take it anyway and then what 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 argument do you have you were right there you were you were definitely wet because like you know you're getting turned on and even though this is this is turning you off you're still in a sex mode just like you can be hard but there could be things that turn you off, but you still be hard. No, you but once s- I get turned off, my dick goes down. Like once something, like if... Uh, well, pussies don't just dry up. No, 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 right, right. No, no, that, no, that, that, I don't understand that. But like my wife said something to me the other day, crawled over, cuddled with me, um, put her leg on my, on my junk and it started getting hard. And then she said something that was, I don't know what it was, but it was responsibility induced. And, it, and it, my dick just went hard, soft. And she went, wait, what happened to him? I was like, I'm out of it. You, lo- you lost me. Like, I'm not, I'm not there anymore. You have to bring up that cupboard. Yeah, it's Jesus. <laughs> it'll, it'll close eventually. The, that's so interesting. Yeah, I do assume there are men that their instinct reaction is, I mean, there clearly are men whose ang- rejection brings them anger, I guess. Right. I, I would assume that's not the norm, but I can't say that. I mean, how do we assume that it's not the norm when it's like every woman you know has has had something taken from her sexually? Yeah. Do you know oh, what by I the mean? way, I said that one time to a friend of mine. I won't say the friend's name. Every girl I've ever dated has has dealt with a sexual assault. Every, not everyone. I can't say that. It's like two of them I never had the conversation about. I've only dated six chicks in my life. I've only had sex with six chicks. I've only dated I think four, and so. But everyone had dealt with sexual assault. And I assumed that that was outrageously high considering, you know, I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. I said it to my friend. I said something about rape. And I said, oh, I assume almost every woman's had to deal with that. She was like, you're out of your fucking mind. And I was like, she's a very well-known comic. And I was like, what? She's like, that, that does not happen to everyone. It's very rare. And I went, Oh, in my head, I was like, whatever. And just, I was like, you know what? Not my conversation. I'm out. Walked away. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like, not, I'm not going to disagree with her. I'm not going to yeah. argue numbers that I can just, <laughs> I can only make up in my head. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like when I read the Aziz Ansari thing, I, I was shocked that men behave that way. And I, because uh, apparently a lot of women said that that's how men behave, that, that is, yeah. that's their experience. I would never in a million fucking years put my fingers in a woman's vagina and then put them in her mouth. 
That is really never, never in a million fucking years. I don't see why not. Oh, I think that's so. That's like asking a guy to taste his own cum. I just wouldn't do it. I don't see why not. I would doing. <laughs> I would not? do it during sex it's making. Dirty. But he wasn't reading anything. That's the thing. It's it's not that I don't want to taste my own pussy. <laughs> oh, it's. Oh. It's you can do that. Oh. Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. I was having sex with my wife the other day. This is fucking horrible. I can't believe I'm sharing this much. I was having sex with my wife the other day. And all I had was a spoon. And, <laughs> and, and then I said I said, I want I want I wanna finish in your mouth, whatever. And you know, I feel embarrassed even saying it, but mm-hmm. like 'cause only because people know my wife, but and I feel weird talking sex talk. Yeah. Are you but, good at it in this situation, or do you nope, say or nope. whatever? That's why I've only had sex with six chicks <laughs> because I am so bad at that part. I'm so bad at like I want to finish in your mouth or whatever. Like that just fucking makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> or wherever you like. If you it's want good to that swallow. you still do it. What? It's good that you still say it. You I get say over it. it. I, yeah, I'm have a, I. We have a very. She's a really cool chick. And we have a very open trying to figure out things relationship since we started. It's. I think she gets what's wrong with me, and I. She's normal, but like, (laughs) but I said, she said, yeah, this is how conversational sex is. Yeah, I get that. But, um, I wish I was the girl that could just put that in my mouth now, but I would love for you to clean it first. And I was like, and in my head, I was like, totally understandable. Totally understandable. (laughs) Does that make sense? Sure. 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 It's just funny. You carry wet wipes now everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) But like, are you like, well, Oh, you're married. When was the last time you had a one night stand? Uh, I'm not married now. I had a divorce. Oh, that's as right. Well. That's right. So I can do whatever the fuck I want, bro. Whenever <laughs> how quick you, I want. How quick were you back in the saddle? Uh, when I had my own place, I knew. Okay, this is for real. Really? Yeah. And now, I would say you are, if if not woke, I would de- definitely say you're, you're like 2004 woke. I'm pretty awake. I'm probably 1993 woke, but like, so like. How, how, what's it navigating a one night stand? I just don't be raping. No, but like, <laughs> I don't, every man is worried. I, th- I f- it feels like I'm one of the only men not worried. Did, did you ask for permission? Yes. Okay. But like, you know, the, you know, the difference she, talking but, to women, but if she's drunk, that's now rape. Right. Then don't go out with her drunk. Like, but yeah, but if you go out and a girl has a few drinks and she wants to have sex, do you really go, no, you're in no condition I, to accept this? I bring a breathalyzer. <laughs> it's attached to my dick. I know. Here, it, let me help your head down. It would depend. You know, I mean, I, I guess I think I'm pretty good at it. You know, I was with a woman that drank a bottle of wine, didn't seem too much. Then you're with a girl that has two glasses and she's stumbling. Don't mess around with the stumbling one. I agree with that. I agree with that. I've, uh, I agreed with that in ninth grade. See? That's how fucking woke I am. <laughs> and the guys know. The guys know when they take home a stumbling girl. They know what they shouldn't be. They know what they're doing. Now, let's... let's there's, no, there's not confusion there is what I'm saying. When yeah. you see, you know, I, I'll see on the internet and uh, guys being like, oh, I can't just say a woman has a nice dress. Like, you know, all of a sudden we're all fashion experts. We're Ralph Lauren over here. How are they going to know their dress gave me a hard on? Like, you know what you can and can't say. You know, or when you said smile to somebody, it wouldn't be... When it's just your guy friends or when you're alone. It'd be when you're with your girlfriend. And yeah. be like, look how nice I am to people. It'd be when you're with your mother. Hey, we just wanted to tell you nice dress, right, Ma? Hey, look how I was raised, Ma. Yeah. No, because you know it's a fucking move. You know you're being an asshole. You know it's wrong. My buddy one time, uh, I called him out because he called himself out, in all fairness. A girl was speaking Italian behind us, and he turned around and sp- started speaking Italian back to her. And he knew he goes, he turns around and he goes, oh, I, I speak Italian too. And she went, cool 
<laughs> and then we got in the car and I was like, can you imagine if just a girl just turned around while we were having a conversation and just goes, I speak English. <laughs> we started, we could not stop fucking laughing at that. So, so what, how, have you guys ever been approached to do traditional radio? Yeah, Sirius mm, brought it up briefly. Uh, I forget what happened, honestly. We forget to pursue things like that. Does it just, is it just not like... Obviously, the offer wouldn't have been good enough, right? Or, but for whatever reason... If they, they said nationally syndicated show, would you go nationally syndicated show? If they said, here's a bunch of pies and all the money and nice things, yeah, sure, we'd consider <laughs> What it. would that deal look like? <laughs> I don't know. What if they said, I'll do these, I'll do real numbers right now, trying to figure out how much you guys make. I'll do real numbers right (laughs) now. So like, say they said, uh, here's a deal. Uh, Per episode. All right, done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're not good. (laughs) There's something in your eyes. It looked good. It was like a game show and I want to get on it quick. (laughs) Um, Say they said per episode, We'll give you, uh, per week, per week, 50 weeks a year, we're going to sign you guys to a $3 million contract, each of you. Do you leave the podcast entirely? And they say, what we need you to do is we need you to burn it to the ground. We need you to say goodnight, keeping the girl lure over. We're, ta- we're, teach- we're changing the name to... I'm already saying no, because you're an idiot. Like, whoever's going <laughs> <laughs> to... I don't trust like, this a- three we're million. Changing, we're changing the name to the Hemda and the guy. <laughs> and, and, and do you take the I'm going to have to pay people $3 million to learn how to say the name of the show. How great would that be, though? <laughs> um, how long's the contract? $3 million for what? A year? One year. Nah. $3 million, five-year contract. You're set... That's $15 million. You do not have to work again. Maybe. It, 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 would, it would raise the flag that you wanted me to burn the podcast to the ground because that feels like you're making dumb deals. But they're just saying we just don't want, we, we, don't, we want to we introduce you to an audience of 20 million people. Mm-hmm. And we, don't, we want them to feel like we found you. So we want you to take it, scrub the online. We're going to scrub online for you. There will never have been a, a Keith and the Girl. There will never be this backlog. Oh, we're going to take everything down. Oh, Jesus. But you start brand new. Oh, God. Well, your fans will know that you're making a transition. Well, you can, can share s- this with your fans. We could say yes and then leak it, leak it out anyway, right? It'll get to everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, people have it. Yeah. So somebody will put it somewhere. Someone could get it. It will be an internet secret. Oh, 3,000 episodes just gone. Just gone. <laughs> best episodes, best best moments of the show. Let's walk <laughs> us through the best moments of your show where you're like, oh, this is fucking gold right now. I would be like, this is my way into being a Buddhist. I let go of everything. Oh. I wish I could let go of everything. Do we get our shows back after the five years? Oh, good question. I'm glad you were in this meeting, Keith. Yeah. Uh, at the end of five years... At the end of five years, you get your shows back. But remember, it's been five years. <laughs> Not a word. You walked away from it. Like you, like, like Michael Jordan when he play, went to play baseball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Did we Michael, forget Michael that Jordan he played basketball player? He used to, no. <laughs> Thank you, Bert. <laughs> it's called mansplaining. It's one of my favorite things to do in the world. By the way, mansplaining is so natural to men. You have no idea. Uh, you, even me telling you you have no idea is a mansplanation. 
but like it's so how it's the men are from Venus women are from Mars men love to explain shit my friend said to my wife this is the my favorite woke the wokest moment I've ever had my wife said to my friend uh, oh my god I have a great idea and he said I have a better idea <laughs> he hadn't even heard her idea and he had a better idea and I started giggling so hard and I got I just gotten high and was a big Sunday thing everyone's around and everyone's like what are you laughing at so hard I go she never told you her idea and he goes no but I don't need to hear it like and he was like being dead serious I don't need to hear it I know I know what she's gonna say and I was like oh my god how great is this my wife just typical female soldier did not fight back and just went this is part of what it's like to be fucking mm-hmm. part of the part of the part of the fucking underappreciated in the society it's like what's your idea he told her his idea and it was the worst idea I've ever heard in my fucking life well thank god you didn't even hear hers you couldn't respect her if it was worse yeah someone someone did that there was a guy who wanted to be our manager for a minute and I I told him you know a bunch of ideas that we had coming up and one of them is we have this um, week or weekend long weekend of events every year every single year and so that was coming up I was telling him all about it how we produce several shows all that kind of stuff down the line like a week or two later he goes okay I want to start working with you guys follow me on this what do you guys think of having a week long events and and I, <laughs> and, it's and he's describing what I described to him and then says we'll do it around April 15th Keith's birthday which is the whole point that I do that I do a stand up show we do Keith and the girl shows around it this is all his idea that date and everything I just looked at the phone. I'm just like, I guess we can't sign with you because you're crazy. I'm like, do we owe you a percent of what we've been doing now? That's been super time? fun, though, because Keith, not only like he's a dude, he also towers over me. But so yeah, people, you are tall. Thank yeah. You. Thank so you. people, it's, you didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> no, I got a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> everything affects everything. You know? <laughs> I didn't have not something. Well, people see him and they expect him to be the go to guy. Meanwhile, they've been emailing. I usually produce our live events. So how does that work with the two? of you like do you guys do you share the responsibility are you just a team or do does one of you drive forward and the other ones like i not i don't think there's any like like uh but usually there's one person who's like super a type personality and then someone who's less who's more free-spirited uh Hemda takes care of uh the bookings and uh you book all the, all the organizations guests? who did you set this up uh, in a way, like, well, our we were on Starburns Audio with our new podcast. What's so Starburns? They it used to be Feral. Oh, they until, changed. Well, the head guy went a little bit. The guy got a little not woke. Yeah. Wait, what did he do? Drop an M bomb? No. What he did, uh, broke into a Nexus place and went in her bed and they yeah. really harassed her. Alexis. An X. An X. Oh, sorry. An X. I thought you said yeah. like broke into a Lexus dealership, and I was ah. like, no, we did worse. that one time. <laughs> so wait. So, oh, so then he got. So, I don't remember the details of it, but I don't he, care. To yeah, know. I don't need to know. They the kicked details. him out of his own network, and so now it's Starburns. It's the same. It's the one that Dan Harmon, Harmon Towns on. And yeah, out. It's a beautiful place. It's it's uh, yeah. out on. It's, I don't need to tell the address. I think Dan Harmon's <laughs> office is there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's that's. So that's you guys are over there now. 
Um, we're over there while we're in LA. They're giving us some studio time, but we're still recording in New York. We do our spinoff show, uh, my opening line about comedians' first times on stage. So yeah. while we're here, they're yeah, they're letting us use. Are we, we're doing your podcast next, right? Fuck yeah. yeah. Are we doing here? Yes. Okay, good, 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 good. good. <laughs> He's like, I don't have to leave. He's like, I don't want to have to go to Dan Harmon's fucking place. <laughs> Dan Harmon's an interesting guy. He did a really great bounce back on that sexism shit. Yes. I gotta like I was like that's a manual on how to apologize, how to listen, how to understand, and I think that every guy I don't think I think I think I think even Dan will admit that was a little aggressive what he did. I don't think every guy does that, but you give someone power, you never fucking know. Hmm. I got in trouble with Travel Channel for sexual harassment because I didn't know you couldn't sexually harass guys as a joke. Like I was what did you get in trouble for? Squeezing I didn't penis. not even trouble, but it was just someone said, "Hey man, you got to stop doing that." Hmm. Like I, anytime there was a new guy on set, I'd be like, "Hey man, will you watch me shower tonight?" <laughs> and we're all laughing everyone would laugh except for this one poor guy didn't know I wasn't gay I didn't realize it I just thought I'd, he knew I wasn't gay it was a joke and and just one guy went up to our producer and was like hey, that made me feel really uncomfortable hmm. and our producer was like w- for what our producer was a woman and uh, he's like I don't, I'm like do I, I don't want to go watch him shower she's like he's joking he's a comedian then say no then and, tell him no yeah and he was like oh <laughs> Okay, because I got, we used to play a game called... Uh, Who wants to shower me? Nope. <laughs> and it was real. Ten times better. You want to play? Mm-hmm. It's called se- uh, Not Sexual Harassment or Not Not Sexual Harassment. <laughs> this is a game... Sounds but, like a safe space. It's, but you no, know, but it was like, I don't know. You, I guess now you can't argue. Now you can't say everyone was cool. That's all. Like Back then, you'd just be like, we're all cool. We're all friends. We've been on the road for four years together. Right. We're like a family. Everyone was cool. You can't say that anymore because I guess not everyone was cool. You just didn't know that. You didn't like you. You can't assume because y'all bust balls that everyone likes it, you know. And right. I'm not saying. Trust me, I've been on the receiving end of busting balls where it hurt. And yeah, so, I guess that, that's the same thing as that guy coming into your frat and clearing the couches, and you're like, I guess I got to do this now. He's you like, know? we're brothers. This is what we do. Yeah, we fucking wrestle. Who right. gives a fuck? Right. So nobody would have known that you're like, fuck this. Yeah, there was a guy called in our fraternity that let's just call him Powder, who was very pale. And, you know, part of the ritual that when he took a shower, we all just slapped him so that he had red hit marks all over him. Uh, I definitely was guilty of doing it once, but uh, the next time I noticed that he showered in the middle of the fucking night, and I went, ooh, I bet he doesn't like that when, when 20 dudes slap him at once. <laughs> and so, you, but you just go, oh, it's what we do to powder. Sometimes we penny him in his room, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah, you know, I think part of it's the conversation we have, uh, you have with people it's my whole point is listening but it sucks because you know you get people in groups I'm doing a joke right now about my daughters uh, very differently approached getting their periods mm-hmm. one the one you met um, loves it no she was really it really tore her down she was like I'm no longer a child and and that that we had uh-huh. ju- we got her period and we just got in the pool and we all jumped in and she couldn't go swimming and I was mm-hmm. like oh the fucking responsibility of a woman like she's turning this is her child yeah that and then my other one loved it she loved it and she threw herself a period party (laughs) and so no i'm not even joking like we made a red velvet cake and had pasta with marinara sauce and she (laughs) drew dicks on all the walls she named her period so my other daughter they called her period uh flow you know because that's what women you know and so my other daughter heard her call it flow and assumed they named it, you know? Like, so she's like, uh, I want to name mine. My other daughter walked into her period like Carrie. She was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> like, loved it. And so, but it's, it's, this is her. This is the one that 
who's moonwalking this is the one who loved her period i'll ask her do not do not bring it up do not bring it up do not what where's georgia she went to walk to someone's house what wait are you here by yourself no mom's here okay okay bye. all right bye she got her period on Friday the 4th, 13th, so oh three God. weeks ago, and named her period Jason Voorhees. Hilarious. Yeah, if you brought it up, she would be livid with me. She oh, doesn't sure. know that I'm talking about it on the podcast, but I'm figuring that when she gets old enough to hear it on the podcast, she will be like, oh, you know, that's uh, everyone gets their period. But at 11 years old, I can't imagine. Yeah, I was, I was mad that my mother told my father and next door neighbor I'm like what the, it's coming out of my vagina and now I'm like yeah who gives a shit well yeah it's and it's one of those things like I said to them it was so funny we were laughing so hard I said to them I said hey can I can I talk about this on stage and Isla was like mm-hmm. I don't know and I said well I just I, th- I think it's going to be funny and I won't do it disrespectful I'm just and my wife's like guys it it's I think it's fine a lot of every girl gets their period and my daughter's like it's it's fine but then there's things that are off limits on stage that I just can't even bring up how long have we been going we should probably wrap this up and start yours so that you're not stuck here all day are you cool with that I'm having fun either way Uh, yeah okay um uh, I, also, they can both jump in the pool with their periods without any um, anything protecting them. The, wa- the water makes it stop. Yeah, well. Just a little yeah, well, life hack. Yeah, it's more of a dad rule. I just don't want to swim in period blood. So, no, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, it's, I think it's because there's a pad in there. Yeah, she doesn't have to. You can take it off and just jump in the pool. It won't show. Oh, well, I will share that with them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, wait, how did you find out this? Oh. <laughs> uh, I have this, this Iranian Iraqi friend named Hamda. Hamda. See, I fucked, I fucked it up. I fucked it up. I told you it. I'd fuck it up. So wait, let's, let's real quick, let's fire around uh, and wrap this podcast up. Um, podcast you hate. Go ahead. Start with Joe Rogan. Go. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But there had to be like, when you guys, you guys were such a beginner of the, of the, of the, of the, of the pioneers that you had to see people come in and just go like roll your eyes and go are you fucking kidding me i think it's why we started i i was hearing shows and i was like this is no good and this isn't what this can be but like when you when you started hearing like guys like like uh i'm trying to think of someone that i that is innocuous um that will never hear this like when you started hearing about celebrities getting podcasts and doing podcasts katie Couric. <laughs> like that podcast is horrific. Did you hear it? Oh yeah, I fucking listen to it today. I'm a fa- podcast fan, like a legit <laughs> podcast fan. I literally should do a podcast just recapping podcasts from the week. You should. Oh, I I love podcasts. Mm. I love them. It's my favorite medium. And Katie Couric's podcast is a nightmare. But you still listen to it? Oh, I used to. Be, I'd stop because she'd be like, I have uh, Benjamin Netanyahu on. I was like, holy shit. She sits down with Benjamin Netanyahu and she's That's like, crazy. hold on. He's on the phone. Benny, are you there? And he's like, hello. And you're like, oh, it's a fucking, you're holding your phone to the mic. Uh, uh, Anna Ferris. I love Anna Ferris. I love Anna Ferris. Love Anna Ferris. I love her first half of her podcast. But the fact that she chops it into two, I get it infuriates me. Because I go, I go, I understand someone understands how ratings work. And then if you release two on one day, your numbers are going to skyrocket. I get it. Don't fucking cheat the system, Anna. You're a good podcaster. Like that fucking drove me nuts. I knew it had to drive you nuts. When you watch those cheat codes in these and you're like, like I was a part of the cheat code. Do you know that you used to get more downloads if your podcast was longer? 
Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, it's the only reason my podcast was like number thirteen on the comedy charts. It was it was, and I was like, whoa. And then I was like, my fans love these six-hour podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> it's because that every time people would go to start up listening again, it counted as a download. And then Libsyn changed the format, and so that those don't count. Oh. I didn't know that. You guys are like fucking Bill Burr. <laughs> Bill Burr is oblivious to how a podcast charts, rates, why people listen. He just does his own fucking thing in his own drum cabin. You know what? Every time I try thinking of that, it goes anti. It just, it just, it, even in the smallest way, it backfires. Like we had, we had, um, what is her stupid fucking name? Oh, let me guess. <laughs> Somebody on, she had like, we had a booker for like a minute and she was like, oh, this, this person has a lot of followers, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, let's, let's, let's do it. But she was, she doesn't understand what podcasting is and she was on The View and she feels she's very special and you know, you feel like you're better than me and you can be better than me. I'll interview you about that, but She's just combative the whole time, and it's just... I won't take celebrities. Uh. I won't take celebrities because they come in, and they're like, uh, so what is this? Mm -hmm. And you're like, you're like, oh, it's a lot more fucking people listening than you'd ever imagine, and they're all going to hate your fucking guts. <laughs> right. That's, that's the thing. They don't even know that they're going counter into it. Like, what are you doing? Right. You're yeah. doing it, so why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, our listeners, because the thing is, is we could love you're, you. You're doing it. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Yeah, just do it all the way. Act like you want to be here. You're here. Oh. My favorite one of those, my, let's go back to back with different guests that, and different weird vibes or fun vibes. It doesn't have to be weird, fun, weird, bad. What was her asshole name? Uh, Michelle Collins. Oh, there it is. Who's Michelle Collins? Thank you. Um, Bobby Flay came in to do my podcast. Me and Bobby get drunk in Houston, and he's like. You and the cooking thing is like my heart oh my god why didn't we do one while you're out here we were to um your person got in touch and i'm not sure if we can i don't know we'd love to i would I, love to have you guys on i would love to have you guys on right. oh my god i'd love to have you guys on <laughs> i would love to have you guys on please 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 let's make that happen i so i know that we're not cooking with you but i want to cook with you <laughs> oh my god you know what i'd make right out of the back oh, i'm so unwoke oh my of course i make flopples <laughs> out of the box out of the box, water stirred, focusing on hot sauce so someone shits on the back of his toilet. I have Bobby Flay on here, and I said to Bobby, we're drinking, and I'm like walking through podcasts. We both know what our list, our viewerships are on our TV shows, and I'm telling her listenership, and I'm explaining that technically, in the demographic, I am reaching the exact same amount of people that my TV show at the time, now I'm way past any TV show on Proud Travel Channel. Isn't that amazing? Oh. And it's, it's people who are really hearing, they're not just, you know, because even your TV show, and I'm not knocking nope, it, of you, course. No, you can. It's, it's over. But I don't work at Travel Channel anymore. I got fired. Well. Yeah. Short-sighted assholes. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, I know they're listening right now. The and and I think we all, yeah, we all could agree that I should have been. I should. I'm so, so grateful I'm not at that network anymore. Only because I've had the opportunity to grow so much more. But go ahead, what you were saying. I was just saying, like on TV, people could even just flip to your channel, flip through it. Yeah. You know, be uh, walking. Yeah. But podcasts, you are listening. Bobby Flay comes in. This is like beginning this is like beginning of my podcast maybe 40 episodes in right wow. and he and i tell him give him the address and he comes in and I, I see him in my front yard looking around in a suit like looking around like and i open i'm in pajama pants and a t-shirt hmm. and i'm like bobby and he's like hey 
He's like, is, is your office or is your studio around here? And I said, it's in the back. He goes, oh, okay. And then I bring him back here and we just sit on a couch. This is when we, I ha- handheld mics. Yeah. And I realized I don't know how to interview anybody. I just want to hang. And Bobby's like, like waiting to be like, he's so not used to the format. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I was like, oh, I, if you listen to that, if you go back and listen to that episode, it is me so not prepared for the moment. Like not knowing how to just fly by the seat of my pants and just try to have a conversation. That was a crazy one. I've had people in here that just, that like I have no interest in mm. and you can see it. See, that's that's why it's like, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're not going to, like it doesn't matter how many Twitter followers you have. Sometimes even that's misleading. You know, like sometimes you have a small amount of Twitter followers, but people just love, love, love you. We just want to talk to people we have a good time with. And you're I gonna, feel like- You're going to love my interview. I am so much better of a guest than I am host. Like <laughs> the initial idea for this podcast was me just being the guest every time and bringing in people to interview me. Because I am, it's part of what we talked about at lunch, me and my right. wife, is that I'm a narcissist. Or not a narcissist, but I've got hints of it. And one of the things is like, uh, you always think you're so much more interesting than everyone else. And instead of hearing that and going, that's not me, I went, hold on, that's actually true. <laughs> and my wife went, uh, okay, I think you got that then. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, wait, what other, did you ever have guests that blew up on you and you're just like, we can't release this episode? Because they blew up. And we're released, if you blew up on us, we're extra releasing that episode. I've had a, I've had a guest where uh, I won't say their name. Right. I will after this. Okay. And by the way, I would never say their name just to, I had a guest who uh, had a uh, worked with someone that was very popular. The work relationship did not go well, and they came on, and they trashed top to bottom that person. I'm sitting right where you're sitting, and I'm like going, I'm about to be the number one podcast in the world. Everyone's <laughs> listening to this. And in the middle, they said, I, I don't want to do this. Can you not release it? Mm. And I was like, in my head, I was like, you're a, pu- you're a human being. Like, if anyone ever tells me to take anything out, I always take it out. Like, I, I don't I don't want, I don't ever, it goes back to why I don't say the R word, really, or ever, really. But it's because I don't want to, I don't want someone's association with me to be the worst day of their life. You know, like, I never want that to happen. Yeah, it becomes a distraction of sorts. Yeah, like, I'm, I did one with Kevin Brennan. You know Kevin Brennan? Yeah, he hates everything. Yeah, and he came in and trashed everyone brother you name it just down the line including uh the head of netflix and my specials coming on netflix and i was like i'm not releasing that until <laughs> i talk to the guy at netflix and go hey just so you know this is what's said because i don't want that guy to hear that and go fuck sure. like like mm-hmm. you know so uh but who who's like the well you know and i will definitely there's there's been more than one interview where we look at each other like Okay, we're just going to ignore them, right? Like, they're leaning in the chair, not giving a fuck, and it's like, well, I don't need you. And so we'll just talk around them, and they'll figure out to jump in or not. Really? We've done that. Yeah. And then, we'll, we'll see on our forums, they love the guests, I'm like, oh, you have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. You did loved you know, us. <laughs> did you know Ari before you brought him in? Uh, no. I don't know how we got into Ari's... Oh, my God. I think he just likes poking at me when he's on oh. like one time he goes I love your responses and I'm like oh, that's why you keep doing that oh like one time I just I I slapped him on the show I saw that I, I asked him if it was okay that was yeah. so much fun because he's so cool about things he's talking about how he goes to Thailand he's choking women and I'm like Ari come on he is, <laughs> he's one of those he does like to do that like uh, so this morning I choked a bitch what was that Ari 
What? Yeah. What? He, he I would, choked a bitch. Why wouldn't you just assume that there was other stuff that makes it okay? It's one of the things, like I would say me, him, and Segura overlap fans. I think we all our fans aggregate from the same area. We overlap fans. We have fans that don't know anything about like Rogan, Segura, Ari. I have those fans. And then they have fans that don't know anything about us. But we overlap fans. And the one his outliers are the ones that would have fought tooth and nail with you about anything that is like woke or or trying to hear the other side of the point that's not Ari like he just is he's just like no oh, why would I do that hey, uh, yeah no that's, that's ridiculous sis no you're the this or that I don't know like that's Ari and it's and but as much as I love interacting and talking with you guys and hearing things I love hearing him too I like hearing all the voices you know I like hearing Ari I'm not gonna agree with everything he says I won't agree with 90% of the shit he says but but I said, I, Jurassic Park is fun you know I like all different kinds yeah but Jurassic Park is fun <laughs> But he, he'll listen. If you have a point and you're not yelling at him, he'll change. I've seen him change his mind. And that's why I love talking to him because he'll have some toxic masculinity, some old school thinking, but he'll update it if you are reasonable and oh, have yeah. like, I don't know, hand it to him. I guess. He, we went, me, him, and Tom went to Atlanta for the national championships. And he also helped me do acid. Continue. <laughs> really? Of course he helped you do acid. Really? <laughs> <laughs> a handful of things Ari's really good for, and that's definitely one of them. <laughs> Possibly ruining a marriage. He's also really good at that. <laughs> he, we went to the national championship game, and I've, I love Instagram. I like being on Instagram. I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, I know I'm 45. I know I shouldn't, but I like it. And we had this great moment in a, in a uh, liquor store in Southwest Atlanta, all black neighborhood, all black employees, and they're listening to Kiss. Uh, uh, they're listening to Prince, I Will Die For You. And they're all singing along and they're dancing. And I just decide to record the moment and I start, I do this thing. I think it probably is attached to narcissism in some way, but where I just fucking try to, I override the moment. I just make it bigger than it needs to be, but everyone goes along with it. And both Ari and Tom are like, why would you videotape something? Just stop, live in the moment. That's the way their brains work. Uh, but I'm like, no, let's create a moment. So I videotape it. We all laugh. We post it. Ari's like, you need to get off your phone. You need to get off social media. Social media, is a, it's, an, it's an addiction. It's worse than alcohol and food for you. It's, it's an addiction. You need to get off it. So then we it's go. It's like Ari's here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I spent a lot of time with Ari. I love him like a brother. I love him like a brother. Do not bring him up to my wife. And so, <laughs> so uh, we're in the Atlanta airport. We walk into the Admirals Club in, in at the Atlanta airport. And an older black gentleman. And when I say older, I mean like, why has he got to be black? Only because it's not our demographic. That's why he's black in this story. Just so, to give you a heads up. Why is he older? Because once again, he's not in our demographic. White hair, white goatee. We walk in and the first thing he says is, oh, the machine. And I went, hey. And he goes, I saw you dancing in a liquor store in Atlanta. And Ari went, what? And he goes, hey, you were dancing with, with him. What's your name? And Ari's like, Ari. And he was like, oh, that's great, man. Hey, I love following you on Instagram. And Arian, when I sat down at the bar and he goes, that was wrong. Your social media is like your TV show. Like, I, <laughs> why would that guy ever know who you are? Like, he watches your Instagram. Like, can you believe that? Can you believe that? Give me that one hitter. And took the one hitter, the vape pen out of my pocket. <laughs> hits it in the Atlanta airport. And he goes, I was totally wrong. Don't ever get off social media. <laughs> like that's, but he is self-correcting in that way. <laughs> By the way, speaking of the machine, the was it was the guy's name John, your friend that you went behind the yes. bar with? Yeah, uh, I only say that because in the animation, yeah, um, John at the end is wearing a Keith and the Girl shirt. 
Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Become My Minions is his name. That's the funny. guy that created that. Yeah. He oh, he's amazing. But yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, let's wrap this up and let's do yours. Okay. You guys cool? Yeah. Is uh, Do you guys want to talk shit about Marin at all? Uh, I, I don't Okay, mind well then him. we'll keep it off air. We'll keep it off air. <laughs> if you guys nice. know, if you guys don't like him and you don't want to say it on air, that's totally fine. To- I love him. Mark, I think you're a great guy. Fine. It's totally cool. He's never hurt our feelings. Just kidding. Just kidding. I made that up totally. I, but I do hope that someone isolates that audio and sends it to Mark Maron just so that when I run him in the story, hey, what did they say about me? <laughs> Fucking awesome. Thank you so much for doing this podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.